Fansplainers, my name is David Dedrick, and I'm Ian Boothby. And this uh, this week we are we're mixing we're switching things up a little bit. We are right. We're going to be talking about the movie uh, You've Got Mail. Is that what I'm? Is that what <laughs> yes. You, that's what that's what you emailed me, right, Dave? Oh, you kind of ruined it for me because I was going to use that as as the opener. Actually, it doesn't ruin it. I was going to use that okay, as the hey, how opening. How about this? How about you? Uh, <laughs> how about we uh, pretend I didn't say that? Let's start again. Uh, hi, I'm Ian Boothby. <laughs> It's okay, Dave. Are you okay? I'm, Dave, ha- I'm having Dave, a. I just I just said my name and that's all I said. What's going on with you? I'm just having a laughing stroke. It's the... Oh, that is that's not a good thing to uh, have in uh, it's the this most, day and age. It's the most amusing way to die. Uh, okay. <laughs> hello, everyone, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. Or listen, to fans, planers. Yeah, I'm yep. falling it's apart going over here. Great. <laughs> yeah, everything's fine with the lockdown. We're all doing okay. Uh, brains are still nice and solid. It's, uh, everything's good. Couldn't be better. And so this week we're we're switching things up. Rather than talk about movies, we thought we'd kind of go back through the films we've already talked about through the lens of you, our listeners, and some of the comments you've written into the to um, the website. Oh, good. I was really worried for a second you were going to talk about the movie Switch from 1991. <laughs> Blake Edwards movie with uh, Ellen Barkin. Are you familiar with that one? Uh, I remember it being a movie. It's a guy who's like, uh, he's not good with the, he's not nice to women. Uh, okay. And so he, uh, he's, he, he dies and he, they're like, you got to go back and you got to be a woman. And it's like, oh no, a woman. <laughs> and he comes back as Ellen Barkin. Huh. Yeah. Huh. That's a, it's actually not a bad, it's not, it's not a bad movie. Uh, well, from what I remember. Yeah. I mean, Blake Edwards. Well, let's not. Blake let's, Edwards. Let's he not was, see it. He was. He was. You know, he wasn't always like a hundred percent the best. But you know, often his movies. Uh, I haven't seen it since it came out, but I I really enjoyed Victor Victoria in in its day. So okay. I mean, this is. I imagine also, that movie would not be would not play so well nowadays, though. But I at the time I thought it was very good. Yeah, and we're not also going to be talking about the movie The Switch from uh, 2010 uh, with uh, what's a uh, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, and uh, and uh, whatever that guy is, Bateman, uh, Jason Bateman. We're not going to talk about that one either. Oh, okay. I think that involves sperm and uh, things switching over. And we're not going to talk about Kill Switch, uh, the Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> okay, we're not going to do that. Sure. Or the Disney film Double Switch. Oh, all right, all right. That's got a double switch in it. Okay, <laughs> we're not going to talk about the 2013 film, uh, Asian film Switch. Yeah, we're not going to be talking about the Princess Switch. We're not going to talk about that one either. Okay. All right. So, so just to be clear, yeah, we're not talking about any of those. We're not talking about the 2016 movie Switch. Yeah. Either. None no, no, of those. No, no, no. We're just switching things up a bit. Is the 2016 Switch? Is that the one with Adam Sandler with the remote control? I. You know what? That's originally what I thought I was talking about. Oh, but okay. That's Click. Oh, Click. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
So, no, Switch the Movie. I'm sorry, this is not just Switch. It's called Switch the Movie, oh. 2016. Yeah. And it's, it's a poster, and it's like uh, there's a woman, and she's looking away from the guy, and she just doesn't seem happy with things. And, and, the, uh, and it says, when your wife's not happy with the sex at home, sometimes she has to make a switch. But unfortunately, the way it, it, it reads is, when your wife's not happy with the sex at home, sometimes she has to make a Switch the Movie. So that makes no sense at all. And also then in quotes afterwards, it says old friends can bring back old ways. Huh? So there you go. Cool. Uh, yeah. And then if you, and then at the very bottom of the, uh, the, the, the DVD, it yep. tells you in quotes, in quotes, this sexy romantic thriller is the fourth film written and directed by Will Lewis, the third. So huh. if you were looking for the fourth film in the Will Lewis, the third quadrilogy, <laughs> this is it. It switched the movie. His name implies that he only ever made three movies. Right. And it's uh, now the film isn't is, of course, it's made with uh, by math entertainment. Oh, well, nothing's more entertaining than math. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Uh, Also with Spud's Heads Entertainment. Oh, well. And uh, Dirty D Productions. So basically it's money laundering. Like it's got to be money laundering. (laughs) That's all we're looking at with that, right? (laughs) Is that a common is that a common thing that happens nowadays is money laundering going into movies? I think if you've got a production company called Dirty D Productions, yeah, yeah, that's not last in ten years. That sure. production company, someone's getting shot. Yeah, something's happening. Yeah, yeah, someone's running away to Mexico with a lot of cash. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, something's going to happen. It also implies that it's done dirt cheap. Oh, is that how you were looking at? Yeah, dirty. Ooh, uh, so uh, dirty dirt cheap is what you thought when you heard dirty D. <laughs> No, I was thinking of the ACDC song, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. But of course you were. That's, that's just, of course the way my mind goes. I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah. So anyway, that was our whole episode. <laughs> They're all done now. time for. Oh, well, that was great. Thank you. Thanks, I, everyone. I think, for... I think that was one of our better episodes. Yeah, I think when we uh, apply uh, to the, pod, the Podster Awards, uh, <laughs> this is uh, the one we should submit. Nice. Dave, what are we doing here? What's going on? Well, Tell I, me. I did say it at the beginning, but I'll 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 Please reiterate it. it. I'll iterate it and reiterate it one more time, which is that we're switching it up this week. We are instead of talking about a movie, a movie that we saw, we're going to go back through several of the films that we've seen, but through uh, kind of through what our listeners thought of them via their comments that they left on the website. So we're just going to kind of go back through. Uh, I think we decided on 10 films. 10, yeah. Kind of go back 10 films. We're just kind of... we're Canadian, so we like the metrics. <laughs> exactly, yeah. right? We like it somewhat. And then, yeah, also we can count them on our hands, which makes it much easier for us. True. And then, yeah, we just thought we'd read some of the comments and then we would, discuss, you know, sort of, hopefully that would uh, spark some discussion. And if it doesn't, this will be a very short episode. Right. And I'll, I'll read, I'll start reading them and then I'll read as long as I can. And then I'll have to toss it over to you because there's no way I'm able to read. Or we can go back and forth. <laughs> if you want to do that, sure, sure. You start, yeah. you start though, and I will, uh, I will call up the... Uh... Now, we're going to work backwards. So our last one was John Carter. Uh, I'm just noticing something about the poster for John Carter. Yep. And that is, it's got John Carter in it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Disney John Carter, it says. Yeah. And then in the corner, it's got the logo for John Carter. Yeah. But the logo is JCM. Mm-hmm. So the movie already knows it's John Carter of Mars, <laughs> yes. and it's not self telling us it's John Carter of Mars. I know it was a terrible, yeah. terrible uh, uh, campaign, right? And it's and again, it's based on Princess of Mars, uh, which uh, you know uh, actually uh, may, oh, I'm, I've got to actually look at our mail. 
I'm just realizing that that the that the letter about this is is actually to to us uh, from from our mail. Oh, okay. Oh, you wanna? Okay. Uh, yeah. Let me well, see if, you, if I, you want. Uh, I can I can quickly call that one up then. Okay. I, I, that can, would be, I can read that if you good. if you. Then I'll like. read I'll read the one letter that we have on our uh, website. Okay. By the way, if you ever want to comment to us, go to sneakydragon.com and our message board is uh, is there, or you can. Uh, email us as uh, this other person did at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Okay, so on our website, uh, Louise, our friend Louise, uh, writes and says, Wow, I saw this movie in the theater, but I uh, stored next to nothing about the plot in my memory other than John getting transported to Mars and getting caught up in some local squabbles in a sandy place with some weird-looking aliens. At the time, I thought it was goofy, but okay. I'm not a fan of mixing live-action actors with CGI characters, so maybe that's why I didn't really get that into it. And uh, and then she complains that dang I missed the vote for the prestige the plot I remember well the prestige may come back again um, <laughs> I, I am very similar I saw this movie in the theater and I remembered precious little of the plot to the point that we were struggling a bit because we usually use as our crutch Wikipedia yeah and just going back to that but Wikipedia was a was a stone cold failure on this one <laughs> so I had to go to IMDb which again was not great. So then I had to go to like another site, and I forget which one it was. Uh, but I was just going back and forth to all three of these. Just yeah, your IMDb and and uh, in between Wikipedia and IMDb, we tried to, and then my kind of faulty memory, and and it was partly I would all all take the uh, real blame for this, which is that I I did not watch the movie the night before we talked about it because I I was under the obviously erroneous idea that I would remember it all, and then I would be. The problem. The problem is there's uh, too many scenes that are too similar to other scenes. Yeah. You yeah. know. So you're like, when are they captured? When is this fight between these guys and these yeah. guys? Then another fight between these guys and these guys, and nothing really. Not too much happens. No one really gets hurt. No one really dies. No one really. You know. Nothing. Nothing too much goes on. And I'm. You know. Uh, of course, things happen, but nothing really oh remember that scene where they blew up the death star they don't have that in this so so yeah you kind of like, you mix it all up in your head and go mm -hmm. and then uh, at the end of it you, uh, you 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 mix up and you mess up which leads to things like uh what this person is about to talk about in our email all right sorry let me just give me a second here i cannot i cannot find the email okay i don't know what's wrong with uh, then, my uh, stupid then here we go I can read it for you. Oh, okay. okay. Sorry. Uh, it's from our, our friend uh, Kanan, uh, who writes, uh, Hey, Ian and Dave. He actually wrote, He, Ian and Dave. <laughs> Missing a Y much? <laughs> anyway. Why um, did that happen? Uh, just a little, I think he's missing a, I think there's something wrong with the Y on his uh, keyboard, because there are a lot of uh, Y. Yeah, all the Ys are missing. That's interesting in this email. I just realized that. Yeah. Is this a code? Is this a cry for help? <laughs> something to do with oh, okay. something to do with the Y chromosome? I don't, I'm not really sure. Anyway, okay. Okay. So, uh, hey, Ian and Dave, just a little something I noticed, and I know this is uh, not you guys, uh, but when uh, recounting the plot, uh, you mention every character by name, even the ones you couldn't pronounce, except Deja Thoris who you always refer to as the princess. Was this just a constant uh, dig at Disney? Uh, tell me you weren't uh, just uh, taking a bath in the patriarchy and being <laughs> reductive. Tell me it ain't so. Uh, again, I know this is not on, uh, not you guys, uh, far from it, but it is something I noticed and found it odd. Hmm. Thank you for the podcast. That's, uh, that's fair. That's totally fair. Uh, I think 
the excuse, the excuse, the reason, which is not an excuse on my side of things, is that uh, all the names are hot nonsense. They're just all uh, like Deja Thoris. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, uh, bless it. It's it's a fine name. And there's nothing wrong with writing that in your sci-fi book. And there's been, I don't know, what was there, 14 books? So it worked out great for everyone concerned. But uh, I, again, I was going back and forth between these three plot lines. And so when I when I was trying to describe things, the easiest thing to do was to describe her as prin- the princess. Yeah. The other characters, for the most part, with the exception of John Carter, didn't really have a uh, title. You know, there was the, what, the one guy, the William, Willem Dafoe character, was the leader. But then he wasn't the leader. And I don't know what type of leader he was. He was a king. He was a, a warlord. I don't. I don't know what what you would call him. So I went with his name because it was the easiest thing to do. Um, I think I might have called the colonel the colonel or whatever the the Brian. I guess Cranston he was character. Jeddak, right? He would have been Jeddak. Jeddak, which is, which yeah. Is the chief, I suppose, of the. And then I hopefully uh, called uh, the uh, the Je- uh, his daughter. Uh, I don't know what her title would be. Uh, if she had a title or if it was just her name, I think I called her by her name. Uh, and the villain, yeah. I don't know what his title was. <laughs> I think he's an evil royal guy. And even I don't even know what the celestial villains titles really were. So it was just a constant mishmash of yeah. uh, made made them up names while trying to trying to like put the plot together. And yes, and, and in doing so, uh, did come across possibly uh, a bit reductive there. Uh, so, uh, good for calling us on that or good for calling me on that. I don't know if Dave's taken this. He might not, uh, <laughs> but, but I appreciate it. And I also say, uh, Kanan, uh, get that Y fixed on your, uh, computer because <laughs> there was no Y's at all in that email. I just yeah. noticed that now and I can't believe that I didn't see that before. Okay. Dave, your thoughts. Maybe on your screen, the Y is broken. Oh, that could be. I did set my screen to no Y's. <laughs> My wife did, did a comic book called Why the Last Man, and I was sick of getting updates on it. So I did go no lies. That is possible. There you go. Yeah. Uh, well, my only comment would be that, yes, we we were, I don't think, being intentionally reductive. But but I also think that what we, by calling her the princess, we were, were underlining a, a very important thing, which is that the movie should have been called The Princess of Mars. And... I mean, Disney is known for its princesses. That's part of its kind of part of its um, character. You know what I mean? It's or it's sort of its its ethos as a as a as a you know as a movie company is that its movies have famously had many many princesses in them, and they're kind of something that they market as a thing. And here's a movie that was tailor made for that sort of marketing. You know, to to bring out the fact that here was this uh, woman in the film who was you know. Uh, had autonomy had was smart was was brave had all these kind of great positives about her and then the movie just gets this kind of like nothing name and you know that that undercuts the book that undercuts the film undercuts the the ability to market the movie so i don't know i think that you know yeah it's too it's too bad we couldn't remember her name was deja thoris but but yes it's it's uh it was one of those sort of things where we were, we really were flying by the seat of our pants more than usual in the, in this case. So, so what you're saying is, uh, calling us out for our possible sexism is yeah. the real sexism, and Kanan should take a hard look in the mirror. Is what you're saying, Dave? 
That's, is that right? That's what I always say. I think this is how things work on the internet now. <laughs> it's like you've got to flip it around and just like, well, I guess that yeah. you saying that about us oh, yeah. says that about you. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the thing. And maybe you just didn't want a movie about princesses. Yeah, and yeah. Th- that was the thing. And we were. And we're, yeah, we actually. And we're, we were, about... we're sorry if you were offended. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me just say that is said at the deepest, richest irony. Um, yes, I'm not being sincere. Please. So. Uh, but I am sincerely sorry that we did not. I mean, it does it does seem kind of jerky to not use your name. We did struggle. I, I you know, I, I even said the name of the guy who was was the the villain of the piece was San whatever his name was I can't remember yeah, now. I know. like honestly for a million dollars <laughs> with a gun to your head name one character that isn't John Carter you know uh, I, from I can that name movie. a couple I mean Thar, Thar- name the dog what was the dog's name I don't know exactly and the dog <laughs> is the one thing you should know like I know what's the name of the dog and in the humans Lockjaw Fine, you, you got it. Yeah, what's the what's the guy's name in uh, in Star Wars? Chewbacca. Of course, you know. You leave. Uh, you know, I I could probably name you know uh, all those characters from all the sci-fi movies, but I can't name that dog. Yeah, because yeah. it's got a nonsense name, and mm. it just doesn't stick in your head. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what we're saying is, uh, smarten up, book. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, when you remake this, and you will for TV. You call it Princess of Mars. Please do. Right? Yeah. Right. And do it animated. Smarten up. <laughs> um, but it's still an okay movie and worth, worth a watch. Um, moving I, on to, I quite oh, enjoy sorry. it. Moving on to a delightful film that uh, was a joy uh, to review uh, and talk about. We didn't really review it. We don't really review movies. We just talk about them. Uh, <laughs> the Emoji Movie. Really? Um, <laughs> so- no. Not at all. <laughs> it was kind of fun talking about it, but it was, yeah, uh, it was, it was not a good film. Mm. So our letters... actually before we before we move on from Disney, sorry, I just want to say one more please, thing. Please, please, because Disney, I don't know what it is. Okay, so I mean, we can all agree that the Marvel, the Mar- Marvel Cinematic Universe is really it's separate from from Disney, right? It has its own kind of executive producer in Kevin Feige, and he is sort of the he's sort of over sort of watching over all the different productions and kind of keeping everything tickety boo. Sure, and I suppose Star Wars has the same sort of thing with Kathleen Kennedy. I suppose some people could say that. She sort of dropped the ball, but I don't know if I don't know if it's her fault. I kind of think that Disney paid a lot of money for Star Wars and then overestimated people's interest in Star Wars is the truth of what's happened with Star Wars. Is that we're, people are interested in the kind of main story of Star Wars, but not, they're not as interested in all these kind of side stories. Well, I think I think and I think we've probably talked about this before more on Sneaky Dragon than than here yeah. is that Star Wars is such a personal thing to people. Mm-hmm. And there's and the aspect of Star Wars that you like could be radically different than the aspect of Star Wars another person likes. Sure. So when someone does a remake or a, a sequel, yeah. they will they will often erase the thing you liked <laughs> or they will it. highlight the element that you went, well, who cares about that? And so it makes um, people who are fans of Star Wars more annoyed than uh, it would, you know, something like a Marvel thing where you're really going to a completely different area of their universe. Yeah. And, you know, if Ant-Man isn't your cup of tea, it doesn't ruin Captain America for you. Yeah. But if uh, but the Star Wars movies are so tightly connected and it's like, uh, oh, no. And they keep doing prequels. And, no, and stop it. <laughs> prequels especially ruin movies. Yeah, yeah. I think prequels yeah. are... Yeah. Although to be honest with you, uh, that solo one. Yeah. The last fifteen minutes are really good. 
Okay. The rest of the movie isn't that great, but the last 15 minutes are kind of gripping. And then I was like, when it was over, I was kind of like, oh, gee, I kind of hope they they continue with this because I'm kind of curious what happens now. <laughs> so it's kind of, but for the most of the movie, I was just like, oh, so frustrated by it. And then I got to the end of it. I was like, oh, this is actually kind of interesting anyway. But yeah, so, I really did. I really disliked what they did with the droid. But there was there was. Some yeah. Okay yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like I mean, I don't know. Anyway, but I did, but uh, I happened because of your because of your rave review, and you were so enthusiastic. By the way, I had to watch Artemis Fowl. Oh dear Lord! And Are it, you okay? <laughs> it really, it really highlighted for me how bad Disney is as a movie as a movie making company right now. Like outside of the Marvel movies, which once again I will reiterate are autonomous, and Star Wars is to a certain degree autonomous as well. But Disney itself, I mean. A Wrinkle in Time is another example of just like a complete walking mm. disaster of a movie that just took a beloved book. Same with this Artemis Fowl. You know, lots of kids grew up with that book and re- really dig it. I, I've never read it myself. so I, Yeah, it's a series. So there's yeah, yeah. a lot to it. Yeah, And then, but same with Wrinkle in Time. I mean, a beloved, beloved children's book that's been around forever, well, from the 60s, 60s. But, you know, it's just sort of one of those elementary school readers that, that kids you know, of a certain vintage, you know, it's just that was the book that they that they hugged to their to their chest. And and I just felt like I just felt like it, both films were made by people who had no idea how to construct a film, no idea uh, how to like make a movie out of a book, and no concept of how to like make something interesting. Like all of them they're both flabby, uh boring movies that everyone talks no one does anything because everyone's too busy talking about what they're going to do or what has been done. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Artemis Fowl is a perfect example of a movie where it, it ends with this kid sort of smugly strutting toward a helicopter and informing, <laughs> f- informing us that he's a criminal mastermind. <laughs> and your thought is, but you did nothing at all yeah. to indicate that you are a, a criminal or a mastermind. Like not, <laughs> yeah. It's just like so strange to me. It's a t- you were very smart with the psychiatrist off the top and knew a lot about furniture. Does that come in handy later? <laughs> Where like you know these creatures are attacking yeah. is like yeah. what they don't know about this duvet and this ottoman <laughs> is that uh, they don't know about the stitching. They don't know the thread count. Yeah, I'll, I'll use this uh, knowledge now to get them. It's well, like, oh. but he doesn't. I mean, okay. So you're trying to show that someone's smart. By giving them like sort of esoteric knowledge, in this case furniture, like yeah. can continue that then give him more esoteric knowledge, yeah. you know. But the fact that the only thing we see of him being like, I guess he's supposed to be like a genius, then we see him surfing <laughs> in the Irish Sea, which seems even more ridiculous to me. Like I, mean, I was watching this, I was thinking, people do people actually surf in Ireland? I didn't even know that. I didn't know that was a thing. But okay, well, I would go with that. Now, okay, you can actually. All right, now we're talking about Artemis Fowl. <laughs> we didn't know that was going to happen. Okay, so here's how you could play that, and, and maybe it works. And yeah, I yeah. have not read the books, sure, so maybe sure. this is what they do. Yeah, is that he's a guy who's got too much information in his head. He's mm-hmm. Sherlock Holmes. He okay. can't he can't turn this off. Yeah, unless yeah he's surfing, and then he's so super concentrated on what yeah, he's doing. He has yeah, to concentrate on exactly what he's doing at the <laughs> yeah. moment and yeah. be perfectly in the moment. And where are you surfing? Like in a, a place where people surf? Nope, I'm surfing in <laughs> Ireland. What? How are you surfing in Ireland? <laughs> yeah. Because I'm a genius. Yeah. So I'm so good at surfing that I can surf in Ireland to make it look like I'm in Hawaii. <laughs> well, okay then. That makes sense. 
then yeah. later on when he's fighting these creatures, mm. he can he can shift from the thinking too much to I've got to now just react. And he knows how to do that because we've seen he does that with surfing. Yeah. So he can so he can he can switch into that mode, and it, it's all set up for that. Sure. Or heaven forfend, um, he gets on a hover goddamn board <laughs> and like is now surfing, but like <laughs> using magic or mm. so, uh, technology. Yeah, yeah, Some you sort know, of advanced technology. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a freaking setup, you know. Yeah. It's like you see Michael J. Fox off the top and Back to the Future skateboarding. <laughs> What's going to happen later in the movie? Yeah. Oh, his skateboarding skills come into play. Mm. That makes sense. Setup, payoff. Yeah. What's Artemis doing? He's surfing in Ireland. Great. So we're going to see what later? Him sitting around. Mm, good movie. Good choice. <laughs> well, I also love that his like his ability to like solve puzzles and stuff is put to the test by him like going the most obvious thing in the world. My dad read to me from this book. Oh, here's the book. It's his it's his notebook. Oh, great. Yeah. I don't know, nothing nothing I, I mean we could go on about this movie. It just it opens with, with uh Josh Gad as some sort of like Ugh. person we don't know who it is. But he just speaks all the time in the sort of hoarse whisper as if he's in Teen Wolf. And it then, like, well, I hope at some point he has dirt blowing out of his ass. <laughs> and then he just whispers the whole time, like, you don't know what you're up against. You don't know what you've unleashed. The criminal mastermind. It just goes on and on. You're just like, oh, my God. You cannot. I cannot stress this enough. You cannot convey any meaning in a movie through characters talking to each other. Like you have to show things. You, if you're going to say a character is evil, you have to show yeah. that they're evil. If you're going to show a character is good, you have to show that they're good. If they're cr- character, and you can't, ha- you, you really can't have it. Him talking directly to us. Stop it. Oh yeah, Stop yeah. Well, cutting back. You don't and, need and have him talk directly to us. Well, those Stop scenes it. are those scenes are so terrible because you don't need them. Like you don't need any no! of that, that any of that narration at all. It's completely superfluous. The only reason it's there is for the quote-unquote surprise at the end of the movie when they rescue him from the 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 uh harry potter like sea uh, you know uh, sea prison ah, it's just so it's so bad yeah and and here's here's what i say yeah if you can't get jack black uh it selling for josh gad is not a good way to go <laughs> that's what i say you think they're the same actor uh i think you cast josh gad in the parts you used to cast jack black in. okay okay like imagine, imagine that character fifteen years ago. That's a Jack Black role. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Oh, be, even now you could do it. it yeah, we could get that character. He's not. He's an. He doesn't have to have an age of that character. He's not like he's not like he's married with kids. Well, Jack Black is married with kids, so he's fine. Jack Black is is doing these movies. He did yeah. whatever that one. The clocks in the house and things yeah, are all Ghost scary. Bus, Ghostbusters too. Right, Ghostbusters, yeah, sorry, uh, Goosebumps uh, too. I mean, Goosebumps and Goosebumps yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. He's he's not saying no to this shit. No, get him. Yeah. <laughs> Like I know he was, I know he was a family to feed. Exactly. Help, help Jack Black out <laughs> and Jack White. Help, help all the Jacks out. <laughs> anyway, Jack I'm sure, I'm sure Josh Gad was really great in that Book of Mormon. Anyway, uh, moving, <laughs> moving on to is that where uh, he came emo- to? Is that where he came to fame? I assume so. Okay. Yeah, I would okay. think so. Okay. Uh, the Emoji Movie. So um, yeah, we watched it. We did it. And here's what people <laughs> said about it. Uh, Nina wrote us and said. Uh, Nina, who is known in the Sneaky Dragon world as the third dragon, mm-hmm. uh, and who also does a book with us, uh, the book Sparks, which, oh, did I mention to you, Dave, that we've got another Sparks book coming out in um, August? No, you didn't tell me about this. What? what yeah, t- August 4th. You uh, colored it. It's um, Oh, was Sparks. that what happened? I was wondering what those, yeah, that's where those months went. went for, like, <laughs> yeah, many months. 
I didn't see your family. Uh, it's called Sparks Double Dog Dare. It's available for uh, pre-order at your local bookstore or Evil Mega Corporation Amazon. You can uh, order it either way right nice. now. Anyway, nice. Dina writes us and says, I'm so glad this won because I wanted to hear you guys deconstruct the film and talk about all the ways it could have done better mm. if they would have uh, given it a much, much, uh, given it a bit more care and you didn't disappoint. Weeks after seeing this thing on a plane, I was still, and she walked out. That is how bad it was. Uh, I was <laughs> still thinking bad. about Ooh. how baffling this is. Yeah. Sorry to David, you definitely did not deserve this, but I really <laughs> want to hear Ian's take as a children's media and comedy writer. Mm. I promise I will recommend actual good movies after this, but not always. <laughs> and there you go. And also Sorry, she said, to, uh, hey, you forgot to discuss a very important part of the movie, the emoji bop. You know, the dance sensation that swept 2017? Or is it emoji pop? Eh, whatever. Look, that kind of musical thing is going to be for Dave's other podcast, The Sneaky yeah. Dragon Listening Party. Yeah, That's I'm we'll going to do, do a whole episode on that one song. Yeah. The emoji bop? The emoji yeah. something? And Louise uh, writes, thanks for taking one for the team, guys. <laughs> this is a movie I wondered if I should watch for professional reasons, and now I don't have to. And that is a writer <laughs> for Paw Patrol. Oh, I am know, just Louis, so worried Louise, that Paw I would be Patrol interested in your, uh, in your thoughts of, of, of oh, the Emoji movie. Well, I know, but it feels like we're... It feels like we're passing it on almost like the ring style to her. It's like, she's got to watch yes, it and yeah. it never goes away. But one day we'll see Louise again and then we can we can talk to her about it. I, I'm just sort of curious, like... Do you think she'll want to see us if we make her watch that movie? No, you're right. She'll never talk to us again. Forget it. Forget it, Louise. Don't don't see that movie. Changed, yeah. changed my, my uh, wishes. Uh, Nigel writes, that was a terrible film. <laughs> Okay, I did like a couple of things. Jumping from the app world to the desktop background was a cute way of moving around the phone. I like some of the environments, like the frozen in time version of Paris. Uh, it was competently constructed. No, but it wasn't. Nothing, <laughs> no, yeah, it wasn't. But nothing made sense. Uh, that doesn't mean... That you can't say it was competently constructed and say it didn't make sense. Well, that scene... You know, where you're oh, the scene was competently constructed. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought you meant the movie was competently constructed. No, that, yeah, no, it's that a good scene, idea. the Instagram scene is, is okay, but I feel like, as I said in the, in the show, that they missed, they missed the opportunity to at least comment, which they couldn't do because they were using these, these apps as a, it was, it was a, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, uh, you know, thing where they were using the actual apps themselves. And so they couldn't make any kind of critical comment about them, but the movie really missed a chance as a to have like at least some satire about these things and and to yeah and like, i still like the through. idea of having like the you know someone having their their instagram picture then you know then but then you see the actual like situation it's so totally yeah. different for, i mean i think that would be good i think that's that's a, all that's the obvious good joke to do yeah well thanks, you. And thanks then for you also, bringing up my obviousness yeah you also <laughs> then have that perfect like they walk into a picture yeah. and see a perfect meal it's like what a beautiful meal yeah and then you pull back and see the kitchen and yeah. the kitchen's a disaster <laughs> and people are pulling out their head and something's on fire and air, something's on fire yeah, yeah, yeah. you do, do that yeah. like this to me is the um is the i always go back to uh the last action hero and the okay. scene that's the worst scene in the last action hero okay, what is, is one is one where um, uh, I think I think it's the villain and the villain's saying to the kid, you're talking you about know, Charles Dance? Oh, I, got, I got no idea and it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but saying to he's saying to the kid, yeah. you know anything is possible in this world like you know you could fight King Kong. 
you could fight Dracula. Oh, yeah, and yeah, And it's yeah. like, oh, my God. <laughs> you mean King Kong could show up? You mean Dracula? Who yeah, are we sorry. fighting? Yeah. Ah, this generic guy who's got a scythe. Yeah, yeah, Oh, death. okay. Well, then why well, are death. we... It's death from Seven Seal. Okay, fine. Whatever. It's uh, because, I, I don't mean to because be Because that, that there's no copyright on that, right? Whereas King yeah, but, Kong, you can't, you can't just use King Kong because you have to pay to use King Kong. Right, but you have infinite money, clearly, because you're a Schwarzenegger movie that spent infinite money on this shitty film. So just <laughs> do it to yeah. the point where like, later on when I'm watching Ready Player One and I'm like, look, they spent money for King Kong like for half a second there, but they paid the money. There he is. Yeah, oh, does yeah. it make the movie better? I guess it did. I, I, I owe an apology to Last Action Hero, I think. <laughs> this wasn't good. Sorry, Last Action Hero. Well, you know, we were, that's we the, right. there you go. That's, that's, that's The kid should say that to the guy. He goes, you can do anything in this world. And the kid says, you know, that's the worst thing in the world that could happen to someone is that they could do anything. It's the limitations that we have to live with that make what we do good. Right. But where I'm going with this is <laughs> the mistake that they, they made there was they yeah. described a better movie than the one they're in. Yeah, yeah. No, and in I this understand. case, when you go into the uh, Instagram world, yeah. you're like, oh, this would make a good movie. Yeah, well, let's get out of this. <laughs> well, no, no, this is your movie. Like, it's something where, like, someone has yeah. some nostalgic thing and they, they have to go into someone's Instagram and they have to figure something out and they go through all the – and you see the truth about Instagram and maybe you try to help the people. You know, there's, there's so much that's to this. This is a great yeah. idea. Yeah, okay, we're done. No! <laughs> this is just Sorry. an ad. This is just a commercial for Instagram. No, we're moving on now. Yeah, no, the talking piece of shit has a joke. Oh, no, about what? <laughs> I'm number two. I'm number two. Oh, good God, why? I think I found some porn in me. Oh, dear Lord, I'm feeling flushed. Anyway, these are all jokes they didn't use. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, yeah, but, but continuing Nigel's thing, nothing made sense. Uh, there were things that could have been interesting, but everything was done as lazily as possible. Parts just felt like ads. It was corporate products squeezed into movie shape. Uh, I saw Cats, uh, but it's this that sours me. I never seeing a movie with James Corden again. <laughs> Meh. <laughs> and uh, then uh, Kanan writes, I noticed you just kept calling the female character girly poo. <laughs> oh, no. Did we? The whole thing? Ooh, no. no. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Again, Kanan, it was a solid note. I'm just being... I'm being silly. Kanan uh, <laughs> writes, our six-year-old went through an Angry Birds phase, because we mentioned why wasn't Angry Birds in this. An Angry Birds phase. And the movies really aren't that bad, actually. Oh. Also, I don't think they're Sony movies. They're distributed by them, but not made by them. Hmm. Rovio makes all the stuff themselves, I believe. I'm defending Angry Birds. The six-year-old <laughs> will never see this. Why? <laughs> Maybe one day he will. Maybe one day he will. What a glorious day that was. <laughs> so, uh, so there you go. That is the emoji movie. Anything more on that delightful film? Has it made you uh, value your emojis more? <laughs> well, I I do like emojis, but, uh, but yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, you know, those. That's just another example of a film where you're just like you just can't help but think. I I guess you know they made bad movies in the past, right? We can all agree on that. We don't see them very much because there's no point in watching them. They're bad. But but I don't know. It just feels like something about Hollywood these days where it feels like they, they're having a hard time. Yeah. And there's lots of good like independent things happening. But in terms of Hollywood, it just feels like there's something that just they just don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. They even if they make something good, i.e. John Carter, they just they still fum for it because they don't know what to do. It's, they're all they're all depressed. After those Sony emails went out, they just <laughs> depressed. Ah. Oh, I forgot about those. Yeah, that's right. That actually would be an interesting uh, movie. 
is like the day the Sony emails went out. Mm. And then you see like what happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. It wouldn't be, uh, you, you wouldn't want to do it animated, but it would still be good. You know what would be good in a, an animated one? I was trying to think of like um, how you do like a uh, thing of like emojis and what would come next. And it's like, uh, so you get a Michael Moore thing, but it's called Roger and Meme. Oh. And Michael Moore is sucked into the world of memes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll just go from there. We'll build on that later. Yeah, I'll, I'll try selling it to them the next time I give a shit. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't even know if we can swear in this podcast. Yeah. Uh, you can say S. S words are fine, I think. Yeah. Um, just say so, number two. Number two. So uh, moving on to Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Now, here's a good movie. Yeah, we actually have a good movie. Oh, that's good. Uh, <laughs> Ferg writes, uh, great episode, guys. Thanks for doing it. I want to point out one of my favorite visual jokes in the film. When Connie Booth is taken off the scales, she's being accused of being a witch, yeah. uh, you can see the side the duck was on is on the ground. When a scale is empty, both sides should be even. So the duck was stacked against Connie Booth to begin with. Ha! <laughs> I'm a baker, and I use a scale like this every day, oh. only smaller. That's why I noticed it. Huh. Uh, this and all the bass guitars on Spinal Tap's Big Bottom are my favorite subtle movie jokes. <laughs> yes, all the uh, bass guitars, that's a great... Uh great thing yeah looking forward to the next vote thanks again so that's nice yeah thank you yeah and uh uh Kanan writes us again uh so uh, have you guys seen for yourselves or maybe heard mention of the subliminal message in the film well uh, at least i think it's this one maybe it's life of brian but there's one frame that flashes up so fast with a wall of text that was supposedly a joke at pepsi's expense if there are 24 frames in every second of film, apparently Pepsi uh, once took one frame out of each second of a movie and replaced it with a logo unnoticeable to the naked eye and then put Pepsi vending machines in the foyer of movie theaters yeah. alongside Coke ones. Uh, this may have been around the time they were introducing vending machines. Anyway, people went nuts for Pepsi over Coke. Whether it happened or not, who knows, but I swear there was a frame in this film that was a ridiculous wall of text that was their silly attempt at making fun of subliminal advertising. You can't search for anything like that on the algorithm-based internet. Funny how Google doesn't want you to know about any uh, subliminal advertising when you search for it. Anyway, apologies if you talked about it and I missed it. Sometimes the kid comes in and talks to me about Minecraft. No respect, I tells you. <laughs> so, no, I, that's, I had never heard about that. Have you heard about that, Dave? No, I never have, and I'm... I am, as how you say, a Monty Python expert. Yeah. But I, I never heard that before. Um, the one thing I do know is the refreshing taste of Pepsi goes well on any summer's day. Mm. <laughs> oh, that is delicious. Well, I've Dave, always... Have I've, you tried any of the uh, Pepsi products that aren't regular Pepsi? Oh, my gosh. Like, just from Crystal Pepsi to Pepsi Light to Pepsi Free. I mean, you can't go wrong with a cherry Pepsi or even a diet cherry Pepsi. I mean, when you've got the name Pepsi, it's all Pepsi good. Pepsi, Pepsi. And it's just Pepsi. Anyway, back to Pepsi. Pepsi? <laughs> um, Pepsi. I was just looking to see, I was looking to see if I could find it. I was looking to see if I could find something about the subliminal message in Holy Grail, which I can't. All you all you come up with, is which, which is, a, is a lot of like sort of Dan Brown inspired uh, biblical nonsense from people who are... And then a Kevin Nealon sketch, probably. Oh, was there a Kevin Nealon sketch about... Uh... Kevin Nealon used to do subliminal stuff. That was Oh, his that's right. Bit. That's right. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. All right. Does anyone know about this? If so, please write us and let yeah. us know. I've never heard about this. this I never have either. 
Uh, Louise writes, you may be hearing some of the same names over and over again. If you <laughs> want to hear different names, you write us. Yeah, that's right. Get off, anyway. your, get off your butt. And don't, or get don't on your be, butt. I don't know don't how you write. Don't be insulting letters. our friends. Uh, I don't consider myself that much of a Python fan, but when you start going through, uh, no. going through the movie scene by scene, I realized how much of the dialogue I remembered. A lot of its scenes hold up after viewing. I much prefer it over the life of Brian, even with its stronger narrative. I did like Blessed Are the Cheesemakers line, but the callback to the swallow, African or European at the bridge scene has got to be one of the greatest payoffs in film comedy ever. <laughs> Agreed. It's uh, anarch anarchic uh, erudite uh, goofiness has had a big influence on me and my brothers when we were in high school. Uh, there was a super, a Python super fan in my drama class. Of course, she transcribed the dialogue into notebooks. She may have had an audio recording of the movie. Yeah. Then she illustrated the scenes with her own cartoons. She'd even what? written to Terry Jones and showed us the letter he sent back to her. Oh, that's nice. Uh, I recall he cheekily fed uh, the piece of paper into his typewriter at an angle. Uh, she then, oh, I get cheekily because he used to show his ass. Good. Um, she played the bassoon and performed an instrumental version of Brave Sir Robin with my twin brother on oboe and two other students on clarinet and flute. Wow. This just reminds me that, like, yeah, I think, and I never thought of this before, but people treated Python the way they treated their favorite band. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They would they would memorize everything I about definitely, it. I didn't yeah. try to memorize Python, but I did memorize many of their sketches because... You watch the TV show, you listen to the records, and they would repeat on them, you know. So I would quite often like sit down and listen to Live at Jury Lane or watch the TV show. And I had and I had audio cassette recordings of the show. Like this is before I, before our family owned a video machine, I would take my cassette recorder and I would sit and and tape Monty Python. Um, I did it very spottily as a youth, just because I didn't always get to see it. And then when I was a teenager. And it came back onto PBS, and I was so excited. And then I was like, I'm going to, I bought a bunch of tapes, and I was like, oh man, am I going to tape Money Python onto cassette now? And then uh, I hardly ever watched it because I had become a teenager with, mm. with girls and friends, who, some of them were girls. And, uh, you know, and I just, I just said, you know, I, uh, Saturday night, I didn't, wasn't at home at 10 o'clock at night to record Money Python. I was, out, I was out having fun and gallivanting around. So, and I don't, I don't regret any of that. But it's just sort of interesting how your, your priorities change. But anyway, yeah, I just found myself like, you know, and like I, like I say, I as a kid, I was a huge. I guess I discovered them in grade, grade four or five, and it was just like a, it was just like you know, like a scales falling from my eyes. Cool. And so I don't know what, like, I just find it interesting, like what Louis is saying there. She says, "Well, I'm, you know, I wouldn't, I'm not, never been a Monty Python fan, but." You know, then you're watching this movie, which is so very, very good, and and then you're also commenting on how on the goodness of it. I guess what you mean is maybe a Monty Python super fan, or maybe you weren't like a big fan of the TV show. But it was pretty amazing watching that film. How like consistently great it is! Like, there's very little in the way of clunkers in that movie, mm -hmm. and even I don't know. I would almost argue that there are no clunkers in that film. I mean, when I, the first time I saw it, it, I was so struck by it that I had to go back the next night to watch it again. In the movie theater, this was during a uh, they did like a re uh, uh, like a kind of festival re-release re of it, which our local movie theater in Coquitlam or Burnaby slash Coquitlam was playing, and yeah, I just had to go like both two nights in a row to see it because I just couldn't believe how great it was, you know. And even and it's been a while since I watched it, but even watching it and, and being very familiar with it, you know, I just was just struck by the absolute consistency of great great bits in it. But I feel the same way about uh, Life of Brian too, which I do think 
is a stronger film in terms of narrative. I prefer Holy Grail just because it's a goofier movie than, than Life of Brian. Very good. Uh, the letter continues. Spamalot is a lot of fun in its own way. It's meta about big budget musicals, uh, the way Holy Grail is about Arthurian legends. Mm. I, I like how all the songs cleverly de- deconstruct Broadway slash West End conventions, e.g. the despairing monologue, I'm all alone, the underuse of the big star, whatever happened to my part, that one is a very funny song, and the money duet, uh, this is the song that goes like this. I'm going to say, though, there was a uh, Broadway album that came up, uh, an album that came out that was a parody of Broadway. It was very popular before this. And there, and I'm not saying they lifted things, yeah. but they covered very, very, very similar ground. Huh. There's a, the song that goes like this in Spamalot is very similar to a song from this album. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's nice that they included Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. And the audience got to sing along and whistle. It's fun to whistle. Uh, but like the producers, uh, all, which also mocks the world of musical theater, it works best as a piece of musical theater. So here's hoping uh, someday Dave can see it live. Then he and Ian can fans explain it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I have seen the play twice. And uh, one from a disturbing, weird high angle. It's very strange. Uh, so too high up. They shouldn't have had seats there. It made no sense. Um <laughs> Yeah, I guess it was. Uh, Laurel, I guess it was to allow you to see it at least. Yeah, that was basically it. Uh, I, I, what I would always do is I would uh, when I was when I was uh, in uh, in London, uh, we we're doing our own show, and so uh, I think it was like Tuesday we had dark. Uh, so you'd go to the theater uh, box office and go, "What do you got?" <laughs> and they go, "Well, we got a sale on this. This this play isn't sold out." No, oh, that sounds good. And that's how my wife went and saw. Uh, waiting for Godot with uh, Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart. You know, it's just like, what do you got? I got this. Well, let's go to that. And it's it was always for a reasonable price. And yeah. Go see it. Have a bit of ice cream. Sometimes you just go for the ice cream. It reminded me a lot of like when I used to go to movies when I was a teenager and it was like, well, what's playing? Yeah, that's good enough. I'll just go, I'll go for the popcorn and uh, get out of the sun. And I'd end up seeing movies that I normally wouldn't see. You can actually do that in, in England, but with West End shows. Wow, that's neat. It's pretty neat, yeah. Just like, don't try and so park many... there. No, no, I couldn't. I can't drive, so it doesn't it's a, matter. It's really expensive to park in the West End. Yeah. Oh, no, just take the tube. Take the tube and mind the gap. <laughs> uh, Laurel Robertson writes, I really love listening to you two talk about this. One of my favorite films, more in-depth than on Sneaky Dragon. Uh, it's uh, great hearing you saying uh, those lines from it, bits I know uh, by heart. When you gave us sneakers, the homework of sending our top 10 films last year, this was on my list. And I mentioned it, uh, that I, like you, David, saw it in the theater, but in 1975, when it first came out, because I am older. And then there's emoji of the smiley face. (laughs) Uh, Like you also, David, I have a uh, copy of the record, Matching Time Handkerchief, Ah, which I uh, bought in high school. I had the same experience with that uh, crazy double grooved side. Really freak me out. Sometimes I uh, can get singing. By the time of the Norman Cronquest, the rural framework was complete. Yes, so good. Oh, that those Neil Innes uh, historical rock and roll songs on that on that that section of the album are so good. Oh. I love Neil Innes so much. Me too. Uh, I have just yeah. I have uh, just a couple of comments where I had a bit of a disagreement with you, Ian. Well, we don't need to hear oh. that. Let's move on. <laughs> Uh, Doug Van Diver. Okay, let's go back to it. Uh, which I'm sorry about in advance. You were unhappy with the closing line of The Black Knight, but I think it does work because though he called their fight a draw to Arthur's face, he's still boasting, taunting 
uh, a taunting fellow and uh, the king's departing back, he's saving face, if only to himself, makes sense that he would take up the taunt again. Very good. Um, also, uh, they could have made uh, the movie work with uh, Merlin and Guinevere, etc. But why? Uh, they made the story their own, so original and a lot more fun with Tim the Enchanter and others who were not in the original Arthur legends. I mean, uh, most of this uh, movie stays away from those old tropes. It's not supposed to be a retelling of the real stories, right? Real stories. Anyway, uh, as you both have said, it's really quite close to perfect as it is. And again, thanks for reviewing the film. I think I'll watch it again tonight. Good call. Uh, Guinevere does make an appearance in Spamalot. So, uh, let me just say that Laurel meant real as in actual stories. You mean the, uh, with a Morte de Arthur? That Le, guy? Le Morte d'Arthur, yes. Bye. Le Morte d'Arthur, yeah, the story of uh, Mortimer the Otter. The Otter. The Otter was who gave King Arthur the sword. And then they changed it to the Lady in the Lake because they went, who wants an otter handing out swords? So much. Yes. He's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> but they bite. They do, but you know what? You're not wrong. They are they are wolverines, basically. And here's a fun fact about otters. Yeah. Uh, their skin never gets wet. Mm. Their fur is so thick that their skin never gets wet. Yeah. That is a fact about otters. And by the way, if they've got an otter at a aquarium, that is uh, a lot that they're feeding at this expensive. <laughs> it's the most expensive animal there, probably. I would say it was, unless you're one of those, uh, you know, one of those aquariums. One of those aquariums. It's got like, you know, like a big whale or something. Mm. If you're one of those places, then probably that costs you more. Yeah. And it's yeah. got to cost you more on the tail end, too. I'll tell you that much. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the uh, the otter will uh, will cost you quite a bit of money. Yeah. Um, well, they were going to... Actually, here's a, here's a little bit of trivia about Money Python and the Lake Rail, which is they were going to use an otter for a Lady in the Lake sequence, but someone said to it, you otter be in pictures, and he left the set, never to return. Okay, so... He was gonna be in pictures. They said ought to be in pictures. <laughs> yeah. But isn't this a picture? So why did he leave the set? I'm just going with the logic of your joke. <laughs> he just... Why did he leave? Because of the pun? Yeah, he was just so disgusted. He his, this Okay, left. so this was an otter. Yeah. Was he familiar with the work of Monty Python before this? And he was I, very I sensitive to that kind of joke. Yeah, yeah. He was, well he wouldn't have enjoyed he was the expecting, movie. He was expecting more, is the thing, yeah. He really was. Oh, was he? Yeah. Even yeah. though it was like their second to be, movie? To be honest, he was more of a Benny Hill fan. Oh, okay. And he's not enough nudity left. Okay, very good. Uh, Doug Van Diver writes, Excellent show, Dragons. Dave's peppering in factoids from the script uh, <laughs> was an added bonus that I appreciated. Generally, your fansplainers episodes about movies from last century suit me fine. More of that, please. And again, the same emoji. Um, for those of us, myself included, we're fairly new to your listening audience and may have missed out on hearing you guys comment on this. The word sneaky dragon scan with monty python is that intentional or coincidental interesting monty python sneaky dragon hmm is there any uh, connection there david you came up with the name no not at all it'd be a totally oh, well, totally incidental but but oh, just, i was just going to say that i think it in terms of like the rule the rules of comedy that that's one thing that probably works in its favor or the rules of names anyway the first the, rule of comedy, there are no rules, the, man. <laughs> well, this thing in terms of like the double syllable, you know, the da-da-da-da, you know, just like that it, rhythm always works for things, so. Yeah. Sneaky Dragon's Flying Circus. That works. Yeah. Totally works. Yeah. Uh, as for Merlin and Guinevere not being included. Because they had uh, other names, sorry, mm -hmm. but they had other names for it, like Gwen Dibley's Flying Circus and stuff like that. Yes. And 
and then they kind of slowly settled on Monty Python as 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 the final the final name. And it may have even been accidental, but I think you know, as it is in all great accidents, the reason that they settled there is because it works so well. You know, yeah, let the accidents happen is mm-hmm. a good uh, mm-hmm. is a good rule of thumb when you're doing comedy and drama and living, but not um, driving. But not driving. Oh, no. Uh, as for Merlin and Guinevere not being included, I offer two thoughts. Okay. Thought number one could have been a saved for the sequel kind of deal. Looking back from today, of course, we know this was Monty Python's only King Arthur movie. But in the moment uh, when they were writing it, it, would, uh, it wouldn't necessarily have been uh, how they were thinking of it. They could have wanted to leave those characters open to be introduced in other movies they could later make. And let me say this. If you're considering Spamalot to be not a remake, but a sequel, which you could, because it does comment a lot on the yeah. fact that you know the movie, yeah. they do bring the at least one of those characters in. So, mm-hmm. And they bring do some other stuff with the Grail. So, yeah, you know what? There is kind of maybe an unofficial sequel in Spamalot there. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a good point. Uh, and number two. As you guys say, this is a sketch-oriented movie. Maybe they didn't think up material involving those components of Arthurian lore, or if they did, uh, then uh, what what they included in the script were sketches they considered the funniest, and those sketches happened to uh, not include certain characters. Certainly, I prefer that we got the movie as funny as we got, as opposed to uh, perhaps a different and less funny version of the film that uh, that was uh, obliged to include any given A, B, and C uh, ideas or characters. Uh, watching this movie last night made me want to dis- dig out and reread the three Night's Life books by Peter David. Of course, uh, the comedy style is not the same, but those novels are also very funny King Arthur adventures. Here is my theory now that we are talking about this again. Okay. Here's why Guinevere is not in the movie. Sure. Because either they'd have to have one of them dress up as Guinevere, mm-hmm. or they would have to have um, just uh, they'd have to have a woman like Carol Cleveland around for long stretches of time. And I don't think they wanted to do that. They wanted to just be them, and just have their movie and do their movie and be them. Well, so that's possible. And it was such a grueling, such a grueling yeah. shoot that they may have wanted to kind of uh, save people like Carol Cleveland from having to like wall around in the muck like they were having to do. Right. And Tim the Enchanter is very much a Merlin character. Mm-hmm. But it's funnier. Like, well, I don't... Tim, I, I, Tim I, I, the Enchanter, I, like, just the name is, is, is great. I don't know if it is funnier, because I never saw the Merlin character that they did, so I can't compare <laughs> Oh, I shouldn't say that, but Tim the Enchanter is very funny. This it's, pie takes, tastes better than the pie you didn't bake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're but, right. I don't know. Uh, but I don't, think Merlin's, have... I don't think Merlin's a very funny name, whereas I think Tim the Enchanter is, is a funny name. <laughs> Well, that's all, that's it, all I'm saying. Like, not... right. the name the name buys you, you know, a couple of yeah. couple of minutes of last, sure, I guess. Sure. Um, but the problem the problem there, of course, is you can't have Merlin just show up at the end. Yeah, and you're like, well, where was Merlin through the whole thing? So you can't have that. So so you then have to have someone playing Merlin through the whole thing, which takes a night out of it. And then it's like, who wants to be in the old age makeup? You know, <laughs> wet, and now in old age makeup through the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. No, to hell with that. You don't want that. So yeah. both of those are tossed out, and we're just going to be knights, and we're going to look basically like ourselves, yeah. except in knights' outfits, and we don't have to put on a lot of makeup, and it's just going to be us. Yeah. And there we go. No, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know if the reasons that you're saying are, are correct, and I'm not saying they're not correct, but I do think that, I do think that they considered a lot of, a lot of this, like um, someone was talking about them when they're making the film and they said, you know, these were all guys who had gone to university and the first thing they do 
when they're like given a task like this is to do a credible amount of research and just to get down into the books like they're like back in school and then they just read and you know look through look through all the histories and and you know so they knew all this stuff like they had like a really strong grounding in in all the arthurian legends and there's lots of different you know there's lots of competing legends as well so then you have to decide which one do we want to concentrate on you know the one with mordred and 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 or do we want to have it with uh, merlin and what you know like so you, you end up with all these different kind of elements so you know like the lancelot and guinevere part of it so there's you know they, I think that they, yeah, I think that they kind of consciously streamlined elements of the story just to make it so that, you know, A, yeah, it was probably easier to do, you know, yeah. logistically and everything else. But also, it's story-wise, you know, just like piling too much Arthurian stuff on it doesn't really make it funnier. You know, it, it just, it's almost like, it almost becomes like kind of a, hey, here he is, hello, audience yeah, you applauds, also, you know. Yeah, you also get a thing there where... You've got to then have Graham Chapman having a love affair with someone mm. who is either another Python in drag yeah. or Carol Cleveland. Yeah. And then John Cleese has to have a love affair as well. Yeah, yeah. And then and then Graham Chapman has to get mad at Lancelot. <laughs> and this is taking up a lot of space. That could yeah, be there yeah. Folks. Yeah, there's like, yeah, there's a lot. And, you know, like when you watch the film, you realize that most of the humor in the movie is about the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. It's not really about King Arthur. Like, you know, the Bring Out Your Dead sequence, the the anarcho syndicalists the witch sequence those are those are all based in like the idea of you know our sort of our our idea of what it would have liked been like to live in the middle ages you know it's dirty people are dying you know they're oppressed peasants or so you know there's these all these sort of elements of um you know even the swallow sequence has its own kind of like you know it's unrelated to any element of of the time you know it's just sort of like it's a sort of a weird thing of the time period the idea of like migratory birds and how things would have got around in that time period you know like you know like because there's no planes and things to, to move things around so everything was, took a lot longer they wouldn't even have seen coconuts most likely you know so it's all it's all it's all very kind of meta and all and commenting on on the time period more than it is sort of on the arthurian elements of it which kind of shows you know the fact like terry jones you know what well, i think he was like he was like a graduate in history i don't know what level he reached but and if he had a phd or whatever but he did you know he did like that tv show about the crusades and and you know and so he did like you know so i'm sure that there was another show that he and um michael palin did together which was like a historical comedy that they did before before uh, monty python uh very briefly for you know one of the kind of smaller tv uh, services in england one of the not bbc places and they did their own kind of historical comedy show. And so, yeah, I think that that was kind of in their bones anyway. And so when, when the idea of doing Monty Python came about, or sorry, doing Holy Grail came about, they, they kind of immediately latched on to those elements, you know. And so I, I do think that, yeah, the Arthurian parts of it kind of get shuffled to the, shuffled to the back, back of the, the bus. But I don't think the movie suffers. I mean, as you say, we don't know. It might have been even funnier if it had King Arthur getting a fate with Lancelot or Guinevere. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, you mentioned the Night's Life books by Peter David. Uh, we're not going to get into it here because we've got to keep moving. Uh, but one of Dave's favorite stories is when I made Peter David sad. We'll talk about. We can talk about that another time. Uh, Peter, that, is a, good, that uh, Aries, is a very good story, and that's not a lie. It's not a lie. Uh, Peter Aries writes, uh, "Hey guys, I love hearing you dissecting movies. Reminds me of the pre-VCR, at least in my house days, sharing a bunk bed with my cousin and recounting movies." 
uh, to one another from memory. In retrospect, I love the way uh, a new version of the film being recounted would be conjured up in one's imagination, uh, something that need never happen again. <laughs> um, a little later in life, that as well as a secondary uh, in secondary school, the Pythons album uh, albums were lovingly played and replayed to one another, again, entering that imaginative space in the mind's eye. I particularly remember going on a school trip to various nearby Folly buildings, listening to the delightfully cumbersome album uh, named Album of the Soundtrack of the Trailer of the Film <laughs> of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. As well as uh, containing skits from the film, the album contains some meta-commentary on the watching of the film at the supposed premiere. It also features new bits, beautifully written, performed, and produced just for the album. Plus, the one thing, uh, the whole thing can be found online. Oh. Hope you enjoy it as much as I did, and included uh, the uh, the link to YouTube where it can be listened to. So if you want to listen to that, go to our page again, sneakydragon.com, fansplainers. And underneath uh, our little talk about uh, Holy Grail, uh, you can buy that link. So yeah. thank you so much for that, uh, so, Peter. <clears throat> that is a very good album. And it has a great cover as well with the, the ginormous lettering because it's sort of like uh, receding. In my mind, it's receding lettering. Maybe it's all piled up in front of you, but it's just a huge amount of block text to try to uh, convey that that uh, rather clumsy album title. But it's a very good album. I of course, I owned all of the Monty Python albums as a as a teen, and I remember when I bought them. Of course, I just bought them as I found them. They were already had been released years before, but I was I was like I did discover when they put out the contractual obligation album that was like came out you know when I was in grade ten I think, and so that was a very exciting find at a record store at Guildford Mall. Ah, <laughs> bought it right away. And finally, on the this one, uh, James Middleton writes. Uh, David, yep. you are so right. I don't want to have to read this one. Um, nah, well, anyway. uh, David, you were so right about the annoying addition of the wrong film at the start. Mm. It's done in such a deadpan manner that on first play, I thought it had been a misstamp at the factory. <laughs> Not very funny, more annoying, especially yeah. since I wanted to get right to the opening credits and the moose lore. Yeah. Uh, the extended ending portion of Castle Anthrax scene uh, that also appears on the commemorative DVD wasn't in the initial 1975 release uh. that ran in Michigan. Mm. However, the Grand Rapids cinema that handled the first weekend run did get a, give everyone a coconut when leaving the show. <laughs> I, can't, I can't recall what seemed funnier, getting the coconut or the mystified expression from the ushers who apparently hadn't seen the show due to the fencing. <laughs> Also, regarding the puzzle records, I had one in my collection for years until a move made it a jigsaw puzzle. Made it a jigsaw puzzle. However, according to my notes on the Victor Talking Machine Company, they had released the first three-track uh, exclamation mark exclamation mark exclamation mark <laughs> record in 1901 exclamation mark exclamation mark exclamation mark exclamation mark on a seven-inch 78 RPM bit of one-sided shellac number a821 to be specific and by god we're going to be specific <laughs> called the fortune telling record mm. it featured the very uh, early recording uh, comic sh dudley apparently offering a different fortune depending where the sound box was dropped uh and that my friends is all the typing allowed by my keepers this evening <laughs> stay safe or well or well-ish Thanks, James. And you stay well as well, or at least in a well. So good for you. <laughs> That's great. Yes, that is 
that is a frustrating, frustrating part of that DVD. Mostly, most frustrating because you can't uh, just turn that, can't skip that part. I like, can't easily skip that part. So it's just really, it's a real not great. It's not even like a funny joke. I don't know. I just find, like I said, I think I'm sure I said in that episode, right? I just find that element of Monty Python now, I find it kind of annoying rather than amusing. I'm, you know, and a part, partly it's because like in in their heyday, those sort of jokes, you know, they they were part of the of the piece. Whereas this isn't a part of the piece; it's actually holding up you seeing the piece. So it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a, a like a organic part of it. It just feels sort of tacked on, and it's very annoying. Okay, and I'm our against next, it. I'm against it, yeah. everyone. Our next film was Onward, and we got no letters. So Onward. Oh. Uh, our next film after that. Wow, no one cared about Onward. Nope. That was no, our. They, that was our last. Did. That was our last. You know why? Because I don't think many people saw it. Because it. Um, Are you huh. okay? Because it sounds like. Yeah, no. Someone's viewer. moving around. Releasing thunder on your I'm, enemies right I'm now. I'm going to talk to someone later on tonight about not moving the deck furniture while I'm recording the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we would talk about that, but deck talk is a subject for a different <laughs> show. That's right. It's a different uh, show. Do you have anything more to say about Onward? You were saying that it was probably because people didn't see it? Cause yeah, because it, like... it was right on the right on the cusp of the of the quarantine. So like basically when I saw it in the theater, it was already feeling like, you know, should we be here? <laughs> the question you were yeah. asking yourself. And then I remember seeing it in, in a theater on, a, on a, what should have been a popular night. And there was just Lisa and I, my wife and I, and another family that were sitting in this theater. That was it for people in the theater. And that did not spell great things for that movie as a commercial prospect. And yeah, so I think I think that people... I guess people didn't see it at the time. And by the time they saw it, when it was re-released or when it was finally put out on Disney Plus, they probably could care less about commenting on. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I saw it in a theater with uh, one other person, I think. Yeah. Uh, I thought the person I was with, and then uh, and then there was one other uh, person, I believe, Yeah. Uh, in the theater. Uh, yeah. And it's, it, again, it, the, the film itself is like, it's fine. Yeah, it's a fine it's, movie. It's not, it's not, a, it's, not uh, it's not the emoji movie. But it's, <laughs> but God. you expect a little more from Disney Pixar. You want uh, it's like, oh, okay, this is here we go. There's going to be a lot of heart to this. We're gonna here we go, and there's a lot. It just there was a lot of things you could have done, and uh, it just felt like ah, we're in this world again. Okay, <laughs> and and it was just one of those movies that like they thought it was good enough, so we think it's good enough. Yeah, and it's good enough, and there you go. It was it happened, and it was a movie, and it occurred. And people will watch it, and some of the people will make it their favorite movie because they watched it to death during the quarantine times, and they watched it over yeah, and over. It could again. be you're right. You could yeah. be right there. It what became was the, a fresh. I was just thinking, what was the first disappointing Pixar film that you saw? Like you remember seeing and thinking, "Oh, huh? I guess, I guess they." Uh, I, I never, just... I never liked Toy Story, so that's me. Oh, really? Okay, I, I, I like Toy Story. Great that's never liked a, a Toy Story movie. I just find them. Uh, creepy and, uh, and 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 everyone's an asshole, right? Like everyone's a jerk. Yeah, so I just yeah. don't I just don't care for it. Huh. Uh, no, I, I quite I quite like. Uh, I remember seeing Toy Story when it came out. I was very excited about it, and I because I and had enjoyed the the little shorts they'd done, and so it seemed like it just seemed like a real step forward in an interesting way. And I remember going to see it and enjoying it a lot. No, for me the first one was I can't remember what it's called. I'm sorry, but it's like. It's like, it is not exactly this, but it's like Swiss Family Robinson. The something rather Robinson family or something like that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, the Robinsons, but that's not a Pixar movie. 
That's a Disney movie. Oh, wait, it's, it's a Disney movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not a Pixar film, no. Oh, okay. Well, then I've never seen a disappointing Pixar movie. <laughs> okay, well, here's what you got. I'll just run through all the Pixar movies fast. Oh, okay, you thanks, tell- thanks. All right, Toy Story. Great. Bugs Life. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Toy Story 2. Really good. Monsters, Inc. Very good movie. Finding Nemo. So-so. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that one. I, I mean, it's still, it's still good. I'm not going to say it's a... I mean, just in terms of their... It's not a bad movie. It's not like one where I went, ugh, what did I ever see that for? Gotcha. Uh, Incredibles. Oh, I love Incredibles. Yeah, me too. Cars. You know what? It's still it's not a disappointing film to me. It's it's okay. I haven't seen it. I really haven't seen any of the Cars movies, so I, saw, I can't be. I, I saw it at the drive-in. Okay. I went with yeah. my went with my daughters. Watched it by myself because they both fell asleep. But they stayed awake. Unbelievably, they stayed awake for Pirates of the Caribbean two, which is a movie I watched completely dumbfounded because I couldn't remember anything about the first film. And they didn't do anything as sort of like a prologue way to help me out. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't know who these characters are. I don't know what they want. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, go on. Uh, yeah, I was kind of going to say. And they stayed awake for all the Gone with the Wind. <laughs> and then it was just like right out like a light as if his cars came on. Weird double bill. Um, Ratatouille. Oh, Ratatouille is very good. Yeah, it's my favorite. It's not my favorite, uh, but it's very good. Uh, but it's my favorite. I didn't say it was your favorite. I said it was mine. Um, <laughs> Wall- Wall-E. Once again, very good movie. Yeah, I like Wall-E. Yeah. Uh, I, think uh, the, I think the first half sorry. is stronger than the second half, but I... I would agree with you on that. Yeah. Uh, Up. Up is a great movie. It's, just a, yeah, it's a crazy Up. movie, but it's great. Yeah, Ratatouille, Up, and Incredibles are my favorite. Mm, that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good set. Uh, Toy Story 3. I enjoyed that one a lot as well. Thought it was really, Cars 2. I kind of wish they had stopped there. Yeah. I, I thought the ending was very good and very touching. And I really liked. Yeah. I really liked the. I, I love the. I love the almost death scene in that movie. I thought it was really well done. Um, Cars two. Uh, well, that movie really blew my mind because I did not realize that it took place in our world, post humans. But um, yeah, maybe. Do they reveal that in that movie? Well, they have a Pope mobile. Ah, uh, so it does explain it. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so at some point there was a Pope, and at some point. There- so that means her people, and so anyway, with a history, a history, of religious history. Anyway, um, man, the Book of Revelation really got it wrong. It really did. It really did. <laughs> Swing and a miss. If Bible. That's, if that's what you think it was for, <laughs> uh, quit, brave. Quit, in, quit encouraging those crazy evangelicals. Sure, brave. Oh, brave. Mom's yeah. a bear. Yeah, that's, I like brave. Yeah, brave is pretty good. I wonder if I wonder if brave would have been better as a short sub short subject. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe. Maybe not. I, I, I quite I quite enjoyed Brave. Yeah, it's uh, good. Mon- remember, to stay, Uni- remember to stay to the end, everyone. Stay to the end of that movie. Indeed. Monsters University. It's okay. It's not a horrible yeah, movie. It's, it's not a horrible so, movie. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Inside I mean, Out. Let me just say about, about that one. Like, if you like the characters of, of Mike, whatever his name is, Mike Wachowski and, mm-hmm. and Sully, then you're kind of like, well, okay. It's not as good as, it's not as good as the, the, the thing I love most about it. The, our DVD of Monsters Inc., which is the, which is the actual performance of the Office Christmas show, um, put that thing back where you, where where you came, where put that thing back where it came from, or so help me. So help me, so help me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm all alone. This is so it's so great, it's so great in every way. I love that uh, little bit. Anyway, what was the other one there? Inside Out. Inside Out. Inside Out is, it's fine. It's good. It has some good parts I- too. I don't care for that movie at all. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I feel like, oh, this is a 
this is pretentious bullshit. That's what I, that's what I think of it. I'm like, this is high concept. Mm. Who cares? I wonder if it, like, I wonder if it works they, for parents in a different way than it would for just for for you to watch it than for me. Yeah, it, it just felt like like they're literally there are these emotions mm. and they're at a control panel. Yeah, and and they are literally pushing your buttons. Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna now uh, do this to your uh, imaginary friend. Oh yeah, you're pushing my buttons. Do you want to show me a dog dying now too? Like it's just so okay, fine. It's just okay. It's just so ah, uh, get out of here. It's, it's it just felt cheap to me. Um, I good, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, the Good Dinosaur. Well, I've heard terrible things about that movie, but I've never seen it. It's not terrible. It's okay. just uh, it's just uh, you don't. Like, it's not a Pixar movie. Uh, That's the thing. It's like, if it was its own movie, you'd just be like, That's fine. Um, I like the concept, which uh, is the concept is the asteroid missed. What happens now? Oh, oh okay. We, people, uh, people evolved along with dinosaurs. Ah, oh, all right. That's a neat concept. I like it. What are we, what are we doing with that? You know, just stuff. All right, it's fine. It's okay. Going along, moving on. Uh, speaking of moving on, uh, after that, Finding Dory. Have not seen that. I have not seen Finding Dory. Uh, Cars Three. I've not seen Cars Three. Uh, Coco. I've not seen Coco. <laughs> I uh, okay. This is uh, this is a tough one uh, because uh, you don't want to go. Uh, oh, that's a awful idea because it it's like an actual religious thing that's real to people. <laughs> yes. But the concept that you survive in the afterlife. Yeah. Until people stop remembering you. Oof. And then you cease to exist yeah. is so horrific <laughs> and such a guilt thing that, again, I feel that those uh, bastards and the inside out thing are just pushing buttons <laughs> in my head again. I'm like, stop it. Oh, you forgot about grandma? Well, I guess she just uh, she's fell out of heaven. She's not there anymore. <laughs> what? Because I stopped thinking about grandma for a couple of seconds. Yeah, yeah. So, so I knew about her. While you went in the bathroom and pleasured yourself. Well, I shouldn't be thinking about her in there. I know it's too bad, though. That's all that's keeping her existing. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Uh, what, what stress? Ugh, well, it. What a horrible afterlife situation that is. That's interesting. Now, is, I don't, though, sorry to be ignorant, but so this is related to like the Day of the Dead sort of thing? Yeah. And is this an actual part of like Latino culture that I they. I don't know. Yeah. Like that, because it feels like a real like catholic level guilt trip the idea oh that my you, God. To, so you, know, you oh me, you remember to remember me or i'll disappear from the afterlife right <laughs> okay. so you're telling me shakespeare's still around because like people keep talking about him. yeah yeah so he's, he's all right best, yeah so there's, there's someone who like in shakespeare's day you yeah. know spent all their time doing good deeds yeah. and helping others but like was never you yeah, know yeah. oh i don't want the spotlight to be on me yeah yeah and then shakespeare's like look at me doing shakespeare stuff and now shakespeare gets to enjoy the afterlife yeah the good person yeah uh it's like oh well people forgot about that person why because they were humble and just did mm -hmm. good deeds quietly without like a lot of attention oh yeah, that was yeah. a dumb move because it's all about publicity <laughs> you know that's all that matters and you better have a family you better have a family because if you don't have a family people won't remember you so yeah. oh i'm sorry did you not were you not able to have children oopsie doodle i guess you don't get a long afterlife then either whoops life life's funny that way it's like okay which again is a, it's probably a cultural thing that I'm like really being disrespectful to right now. <laughs> yes. uh, quit, but, quit jumping all over Day of the Dead. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I know. I, I didn't. I didn't know that about it. I, like I said, I have not. I've not. I've meant to see that movie because uh, Lisa actually, she had a Mexican boy in her class a couple of years ago, and he really wanted to show this film in class because he really liked it. Yeah. And I guess it speaks to that culture. There you go. So, so he showed it to the class, and she actually really enjoyed it herself. So. Oh, yeah. No. It's a, it's okay. Listen. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's very beautiful. Yeah. So, okay. Oh, wait. is this the sound of backpedaling? <laughs> It's the sound. No, it's the sound of it could be beautiful, but I just like the concept. I'm just joking. Yeah, Inside I'm Out joking. is beautiful. Yeah, uh, Wall-E is beautiful. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of beautiful films. Uh, Incredibles two. Well, you know, I enjoyed it enough to go twice to see it. I went, I saw it in IMAX 3D, and I saw it in just regular no, no D. And okay. and I, you know, I enjoy. I enjoy parts of the movie quite a bit, but I f- kind of feel overall the story the story is a little bit um, tr- troublesome. It's a, this a, it's a bit, I don't know how to say it. It's a little contradictory maybe is what I'm trying to say, or it just feels like, I don't know. I don't know. It is, it's got lots of good stuff in it. I don't yeah, know. what is it trying to say? Yeah, that's my one problem with it though, is it feels like, well, yeah, what is, you know, like when we go from the, the first movie, The Incredibles, which is personally my favorite Pixar movie, and way way better than Ratatouille, <laughs> but but um, the uh, Incredibles two like it like and I, I, you know I don't I'm not as I'm not as much a, a downer on sequels as you can be because I know that you often feel they spoil the the first film and it actually doesn't really bother me that much because yep. I can se- I can <laughs> separate those two things and, and enjoy them se- you know separately from each other I don't I, I'm not at all concerned with with you know how one answers the other or contradicts things and whatnot, but I feel like if you're going to do uh, Incredibles two, then you need to have a movie that is as which is as cathartic as Incredibles is. Incredibles is an, an incredible movie about family, and the and not just about family, but also being yourselves and and recognizing who you are and you know and celebrating that in, in a way. And it can work for in all kinds of different ways. Of course, it's weird to be celebrating the fact that you're a superhero <laughs> because no one else can really, ce- you know, no, people who aren't superheroes can't really celebrate that, but that's fine. You know, we're all, we're all different and special in our own ways and it, and we should all embrace ourselves and not, and, you know, and that's kind of a great part of that movie. And of course, you know, in the, in the end of the, fi- in the end of the film, when they all start working together as a team to defeat uh, the villain, whose name has escaped my mind, but anyway, um, mm-hmm. Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk. No, no, it's not Bob. Odenkirk. No, I'm talking about the 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 second, first film. Oh, okay. With um the yeah uh the syndrome. Yeah, syndrome. That's right. I was trying to think of the actor's name, but I can't remember that either. Bearded guy from uh, Chasing Amy, and I was also in uh, My Name Is Earl. Anyway. Uh oh. Uh yeah yeah yeah. Science. Jason. Jason. Lee. Jason Lee. There you go. We work yeah. together. What a team. We are our own Incredibles, and I'm then just yelling Scientologist. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Scientologist. Yeah, thanks. You know. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Condemned. Um, so then, but. And so that's, you know, like, so when they start working together and you see them using their powers, of course, it's a very exciting and very, very uplifting feeling. Whereas the second film, it really didn't seem to have a moment like that where you felt like they overcame something or they came together in this way. It, it just didn't. It wasn't quite the same feeling. Well, here's the other problem is uh, Incredibles came out in 2004. Mm-hmm. And then 2008, we had Iron Man. And in, in the time between when that came out and, and, and now yeah. is we've had the whole Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. So we've had so much commentary on superheroes yeah. that the novelty of seeing a really good superhero movie, which is what the Incredibles was, yeah. is like, 
Well, yeah, I've seen a lot of good superhero movies. In fact, <laughs> I've seen good superhero movies with Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, you know, so like I'm fine. You know, I've already I've already seen that. What else you got? And you're like, well, maybe they're gonna really advance what they did. And it's like we're gonna start right where we left off. Hmm. Well, we've kind of all moved ahead. Yeah. But okay, we're going back back to then, huh? Okay, well, how are y'all doing? Uh, you know, we're not that different. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Again, we've all moved ahead. Yeah. We're all over here now. Uh, it feels like you should be making commentary on what's now, and it feels like you're still telling the same story from then. Yeah. Technically, no problem with that, but it's not that exciting, and what are you going to do? It's fine. I, um, I liked it more than you did, but I, I'll, admit, I'll admit that it's not a perfect film. What did you think of Toy Story 4? Toy Story 4 I thought was fine. That was a fine movie i didn't mind it at all i liked uh like the elements of it i thought that of all the films it was the most uh what's the word i'm looking for the most most like a stunt rather than a movie mm-hmm. you know what i mean like having like keanu reeves in it it just felt like a lot of stunt casting was going on and that's that's not what pixar was pixar used to cast on character not on you know like when you have a movie with albert brooks in it you obviously don't care if people know or don't know that the actors who are acting in a movie. But uh-huh. as soon as you put in, like, you have to have Keanu Reeves, and then you have, I can't remember the other people who are in the movie, but there's all kind of name people that are brought in, you know, to do one or two little bits and stuff in it so they can be talked about it as being in the, in the film. And it feels like, it just feels like it's not really a Pixar movie anymore when that kind of stuff starts happening. It feels like this is the kind of stuff that they resisted in the beginning of their career when they made Toy Story 2, and it was, you know, it was going to be like this, straight to video kind of a write-off thing because Disney was insisting they put this movie out and they're starting to, trying to do it in in a way that was, wasn't going to impact on their own kind of vision of their company. And then you advance all those years and then we come to Toy Story 4 and suddenly it's just all about, you know, what kind of names can we attach to this project? You know, is it telling a story that that is meaningful to the, to the Toy Story universe? Not really. We've already, we finished it. We finished with the third one. Yeah, we're That was done. the capper. That was the real, that was... It felt like an encore people didn't ask for. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and I got a weird thing in that, like, I was having a, a reaction to a medicine I was on at the time. Okay. So I was having some, <laughs> yeah, I was having some palpitations during oh, okay, it. So I okay. had to keep going out and mm. I kept, like, measuring my heart rate. And yeah, it was like, yeah. uh, And I kept coming in and then, like, having to leave again and measure my heart rate. You must have been a popular, uh, <laughs> a popular guest in that theater. With uh, it just people. looked like I had a bad bladder. <laughs> okay. it didn't yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone's comfortable in theaters now. No one gives a damn. You don't have to go, excuse <laughs> me, excuse me. Oh, pardon <laughs> me. Excuse me. You don't have to do any of that yes. business. So you're, you're, you're okay. Um, yeah, it's, uh, they did it and it was a movie and it was a thing. Yeah. And and again, I don't care for Toy Story movies at the best of times. So it was, uh, you know, speaking of someone who really likes them, I think, and I'm, you know, thinking that two is the best one, but I know all all three of them are great. And I think there's a reason why we naturally think in terms of trilogies when we think in series, you know, and I think because the trilogy is the best, you know, it's, it's basically the, the kind of culmination of the of the three act structure and but you know to sort of writ large over over a series of films and i do think it really works well and i think by adding a fourth movie to the to 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 a series i don't think you're really you're never helping it you know yeah do you want to see okay sorry do you want to see lethal weapon four no you do not well do you want to see you know two characters who the whole thing is like they're it's all about their friendship Mm mm-hmm it's about their friendship and their bonding and yeah, yeah. you know their different perspectives. Yeah. And now in Toy Story 4, we kind of ditch Buzz. Yeah, really, like, really do, he, yeah. 
put him to the side and it's like, okay, but I, you're like, well, he'll come back at the end because this is all about their friendship. Nope. And sorry, I'm going to do a little spoiler here. So if you don't want to hear a spoiler for Toy Story 4, uh, honestly, just go ahead like five minutes um, starting tomorrow. Um, so, so yeah, Buzz is barely in it. And then it's like, uh, it's, uh, what's his name? Uh, howdy, howdy, Jim. Um, uh, saying, <laughs> you mean, saying, you mean, uh, are you talking about Lucky Joe? I'm, I'm talking about, uh, Cowboy Pete, mm. uh, Woody, uh, is going like, well, time for me to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Our, our friendship's done. We're, uh, I will see you maybe sometime. Probably yeah. never. Okay. We're done. <laughs> really? Cause I thought the whole thing was, you got a friend in me. We're going to be forever. Bye. <laughs> done. I'm off with the lady, lady, uh, Bo Peep. Bye. Remember Bo Peep? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. You know, right. we got a strong relationship. Do you? I don't think that's been established. Bye. We're done. I'm moving on. Well, there's a life. There's an example of where a movie doesn't show, but tells, you know, and so it's trying to convince us that there's some sort of deep love between these two characters or deep romance between these two characters. And we've never seen it. And so our, our, you know, our, um, I guess it's introduced in the film in a kind of montage. Lightly. But, but I mean, that's almost the same as telling really. You know, you're just showing images of stuff. We're not, we're not invested in those characters. We're not invested in Bo Peep. We liked like, her. We liked her in the first one. I don't know where she appears in the rest of them. I don't even know where she went to. Like the button, the the thing that seemed to be the message was it was about growing up. So you're a toy, and then your person is growing up. What happens to you? Well, you've got no purpose. Oh, but wait, your purpose is you could be uh, loved by another child, and then yeah. the cycle continues. What a beautiful ending to that story. Yeah. Wrong. Here's what it is. The story is your person grew up. Now it's time for you to grow up and yeah. for you to get out of the house. But you're a toy. Yep. It's time for you to move out on your own and go out into the world. I guess so. Really? Is it? Because that doesn't seem what you were laying down. Mm-hmm. Time to mature up and get out of here. Okay. Really? Is that how yeah. it goes? Yeah, I'm just going to have sex all the time with a lamp. That's right. I'm going to be banging. I'm going to have some light, some light sex. Okay. Oh, well. Uh, I, I was thinking of so many other dirty jokes. Um, okay, so that's Toy Story 4. And that brings us to the end of the uh, movie that we weren't going to talk about. By the way, we're going to end talking about like the Star Wars one because we're really going going long Roxanne, on this. Thing. Um you don't have on. to turn on your sheep light. Very nice. <laughs> Go on. Um, yeah, he ditched one bow yeah. for another. <laughs> Evil Dead 2 uh, was the uh, next movie on our list. No mm. one talked about that one. We, okay. we loved Evil Dead 2. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. You know what? I like to think we said all that needed to be said. <laughs> we really did. Apparently, we, no said, we said so much that no one else... I wonder if we've attracted through our various programs... Which are, as you know, Sneaky Dragon, Completely Beatles, Totally a Tintin, Full Marks, Listening Party, and Fan Splainers. I wonder if we've succeeded in attracting people that have share none of our tastes in, in uh, movies. No, I'm just joking. Here's what I'm feeling is probably the case. Yep. We don't read our letters. So why write us letters? It is, but then uh, some people still wrote us letters. Uh, we appreciate that. Um, next movie up was, uh, was Birds of Prey. And the uh, fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Mm. And uh, Louise writes, you raised a lot of good points. I only saw this movie because I had a free pass that was about to expire. But I was surprised how much <laughs> I liked it. 
Uh, I'm not a particular fan of the Harley Quinn character, but Robbie's colorful, hyperkinetic performance reminded me of how Ryan Reynolds plays Deadpool. They're both used very similarly in the comics now. Um, a little of what goes a long way, uh, a little of that goes a long way, so I thought it was a smart move uh, to have Harley share the story with several more serious straight woman female characters diverse in age and ethnicity. Uh, I don't go to a comic book uh, movie expecting people to fight realistically, so I don't mind that the fight sequences look like something out of a Cirque du Soleil show. <laughs> there was a sympathetic uh, male character in the movie, and his name was Sal. Uh, we said there was no sympathetic male character, but his name was Sal. You could count on him to make the perfect breakfast sandwich. Otherwise, it's Gotham, Dave. The nice guys are too scared of the bad guys to put their lives on the line to assist the women, which forces them to make the choice to band together for their mutual survival. Uh. Sorry, Dave. It's Gotham Town. Um, I didn't think Ewan was a good choice for Black Mask. He felt only superficially sinister to me. Other actors have played scary homicidal narcissists more convincingly, like Christian Bale in American Psycho, uh, or Malcolm McDowell in Clockwork Orange, or Caligula. Um, <laughs> Christian Bale, who then went on to play Batman after playing American Psycho. Um, uh, I thought uh, uh, Chris uh, Messina as his henchman was way creepier and more of a threat. He was a very creepy zazazaz. Yeah, that's... Uh, uh, and that's one of the problems with the film is, is how it just kind of tosses Zaz aside without much of a much of a um, showdown. Need more Zaz. Need need more pizzazz. Yeah. Uh, so this is the opposite movie you hinted at on your fans' planners review of Little Women. Yeah, we did. Uh, Birds of Prey is kind of like a warped funhouse reflection of the women struggling to find a voice and power in a male-dominated society. You know the quizzes to ask that ask, what little woman are you? I'd say Montoya is the tough but loving mom, uh, Marmy. Harley is the rebellious Joe. Cass is the bratty little sister, Amy. Black Canary is Beth, the one with musical talent. And Huntress is Meg, because they're both obsessed with their reputations and making a good impression. Mmm, very nice. Hmm. And uh, and then goes on to say, I guess Hugh Grant is Marmy. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is Joe. After we were talking about, well, okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's a nice kind of breakdown there. Uh, the more I think about that movie, the more I like it. It's weird that there was an animated Harley Quinn series that came out recently that I didn't like when it started, and it really won me over by the end. So uh, you know, uh, yeah, uh, it's funny that movie's fallen in my estimation. Uh, has it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it just kind of went down and down. And Very down. good. I went from uh, I went from kind of mildly or thinking it was okayish to yeah to it's kind of fallen into a negative place. I don't know. I just didn't do it. And I know, and I, it's not you know like I'm not I don't and I'm not like uh, hating on women or whatever. Like that's that has nothing to do with it. I don't know. Canaan has I'm perfectly. Canaan <laughs> is absolutely right. I mean that was that was just that one person. That was one woman. Mm. So I, you know, like. I just found I just I don't know I just found a lot of the choices in in uh, that movie I just you know and I guess the public spoke for us they they said what they thought of it they didn't go so that's what they uh, and I disagree with them strongly <laughs> I think it was like yeah it's like I think they were confused once again bad it was kind of badly marketed I think the name was it's a, the name was silly they should have they should have you know gone with the Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey or something like that you know like. But you know, well, for, it's weird. Like I, I know Harley Birds, of, yeah, I know Birds of Prey is the name of a series, but Birds of Prey is a confusing. 
Yeah, because no one knows what it is unless you're. Well, also they're not named after birds of prey. Yeah. At the end, they even like struggle to go, and we're calling ourselves the birds of prey. Why? <laughs> Why are you calling ourselves the birds of prey? Why? Like they don't. It, yeah. There's no reason for that whatsoever. None. And I and uh, it's it's also a, it's also like her breaking up with the Joker. Yeah. But we have no Joker. Yeah. You know, it feels like there isn't that satisfying scene where you want. Yeah. Which you do get in the animated series, which basically she just tells him. It tells him off and 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 gets gets her revenge on him. Yeah. She never gets any of that, uh, and it's like, mm, okay, well, it feels like this is reacting to someone that we can't really see, and we're not getting any. Mm. I still think, and uh, I'll stand by this, that it's the strongest of the DC movies. Like, uh, and I'm I'm going to include Wonder Woman in that because Wonder Woman has a couple of great scenes in it. Yeah, really good scenes. But, but I think definitely the, falls apart in the third act for sure. Yeah, the movie doesn't work, and the character is mm-hmm. uh, strongly, strongly flawed. It's better than Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Justice League, uh, Aquaman. <laughs> Shazam is close, but it's we've we we went I over that. I have to say, I think I would actually rather watch Shazam than Birds of Prey, to be honest with you. There's some charm to Shazam. I that like I, both. But that's not saying much. Yeah, they both have a sense of fun. Mm-hmm. It's like. Mm-hmm. I think both of those movies, uh, you know, do the thing that Marvel movies do, which is they have um, okay, Marvel movies do it much better, but they make <laughs> it look like it would be fun to have these abilities. Yeah, like you would want to be these characters, whereas there's no reason you would want to be, uh, you know, Superman in the Man of Steel movie. You would not want to be either Batman or Superman in Dawn of Justice. You're miserable. Yeah. You're miserable. You wouldn't want to be anyone in Suicide Squad. Wonder Woman, you might want to be a little want, bit. You wouldn't want to be Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad. In in, in Suicide Squad, yeah. No, she's miserable. She's she's like not happy through the whole thing oh, at okay. all. Like like she's uh, yeah yeah. You see that scene with them on, on the bar complaining about their lives. They're all miserable. It's not fun for her to be. <laughs> I guess Harley that's Quinn. I guess that's true. You know, she's fighting against this darkness. No one in the Justice League is having fun. Even Flash is the closest guy to enjoying himself. And even he is like, I got no friends. I need to, <laughs> you know, Shazam at least looks like he's having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aquaman feels like, you know, he's fighting every, every part of himself yeah. through the whole thing. Like yeah. he doesn't want to be Aquaman. He doesn't want any responsibility. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like, uh, those two are the only ones that are like, Hey, it's kind of fun. Maybe you want to be a superhero. Yeah, that would. Oh, you mean that's a thing that people would want in a superhero movie? It's like feeling like you want to be. You know, if you go into a James Bond movie, you don't want to watch being James Bond be a huge pain in the ass. You want know, to be James Bond. That seems to be all the Daniel Craig ones. Uh, no, not with uh, not with like the like. If you watch the opening of uh, Casino Royale, okay, Casino Royale. Daniel- okay, I was going to say, accepting Casino Royale, but the rest of the movies, it's all about the horribleness. Yeah, of being that's James a mistake. Bond. Huge mistake, which is why they're not as good as Casino Royale. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you want to be James Bond, yeah. and if you don't, yeah. he drives a great car. What's the point? Yeah. Why a... am I watching a guy be miserable? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah, I no, watch an art house. I mean, like my the thing for me is that I, I really I don't care that much about what a movie means or what it's saying. Like, I, it has to be well done for me to enjoy it. I can't like I just can't like pat a had a movie on the back and say good job you really you really made me think about that like like it just that's not what i go to movies for so you know that's why that's why i read magazine articles so you know i want a movie that's well staged you know that the fight sequences 
make sense. You know, don't make me, uh, you know, wince with the uh, pain at the poor choreography. You know, it's like it'd be like watching a movie with bad dance sequences and then going, you know, their heart was in the right place. Like, okay, great. I'm glad their heart was in the right place, but still, I had to watch it. So <laughs> more, more, less heart, more, more brain, everyone. It just felt okay. like it is. And the, the, there's lots of like clumsy elements in the writing. I thought the movie should have like every few minutes, like showed like a television screen in the background, like, like with sort of subtly showing like all the damage from all the fallout from the chemical plant <laughs> that was blown up in the middle of a city. <laughs> Yeah, that's you know, probably like not the best. Children, thing. burn children being taken into hospitals and, you know, people like health healthy warnings, you know, and stuff like that, you know, and some sort of like how, how air, breathable the air is in the downtown core you, of the city. Uh you are you are now describing the Harley Quinn animated series. <laughs> they show they show the consequences and they show the brutal consequences okay. of what it's like to live in Gotham City. Yeah. It's uh it's a little hard to get into, but once mm. you're in like three three episodes deep, mm. it's like, "Oh, this is actually one of the best versions of gotham city i've ever seen <laughs> this is absolutely uh you know uh, fun and then they actually have some real heart to yeah. it so uh, and i, and I, I think that, that and i think ewan mcgregor did a pretty good job in the movie but i think he's undercut by the by the way the film is is been staged mostly like i think feel like all the f- scenes in this movie are really weirdly filmed like often there's like very very little in the way i remember it of close-ups like it almost feels like it's always like from a distance you're watching all the everything happens from a distance and so you don't get like the actors don't get to like emote that much to you through the camera like so you don't get it that you know it's just really it's a weird movie and then his death at the end of the film is so stupid because because <laughs> you just you don't build up something like that and then just end it in a second <laughs> it's just dumb like it's just like, ugh, it's just it's like a movie was made by people who hadn't seen action movies before I didn't like understand like things you do, you know, and so and that's not to say that I want like a cookie cutter action movie, but I just want, you know, to, you know, if you're gonna build something up, build it up and then pay it off. Don't just, you know, build it up and then throw a pie in my face. There you go. There you go. There's my feelings on Birds of Prey, everyone. Now let's go to the opposite movie, Little Women. Little Women. Little Women. Louise writes. It was interesting hearing your impressions as first timers to the story. Yeah. I am. So glad you enjoyed it. I think uh, Gerwig's adaptation is beautiful in all aspects, but with the restructuring, you do lose some of the drama of the novel, so it should come with a spoilers-ahead title card. Mm. It made me uh, wonder what impact uh, would be if you did adaptations of books like uh, Great Expectations or Anna Green Gables or Jane Eyre and showed the lead characters fight for survival as orphans in flashbacks rather than starting with Chapter 1. Um I like what the 1994 Little Women did to get around the Amy age problem. They cast Kirsten Dunst as the 12-year-old young Amy and Samantha Mathis as the older Amy. I also like Gabriel Byrne as Professor Bahar in that version. Uh, Gerwig takes an eraser to the books. Humble, middle-aged German scholar redraws him as a romance novel cover model, then casts a hunky French actor with a French accent to play him. Yeah. He's kind of like her Kaiser Sose, and we're the guy interrogating him. You want Joe to have a happy ending? You idiots! Professor Bahar isn't real. Don't you get it? The real happy ending is that Louisa May Alcott got her book published. Uh, even if the author did marry uh, Joe off to satisfy her publishers, yeah. she still imparted a good message to her readers that it's more important to be with someone who is your intellectual and emotional equal than to settle for someone who's handsome and rich, but whose affections you don't return. I did like that you cast James Norton. 
the hunky crime-solving vicar from the Grandchester series as John Brooke, although he's probably a little more hunky than uh, Tudor needs to be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hunky vicars is like just the rage nowadays. A uh, hunky priest, a hunky vicar. I mean, uh, you <clears throat> might get a kick out of checking out the YouTube clips of William Shatner as Professor Bahar from the 1978 TV miniseries. Mm-hmm. I didn't check that out. I should. Um, I remember thinking at the time that it was a little too much uh, to ask viewers to separate him and Susan Day from their signature roles as Captain Kirk and Laurie Partridge. Also also worth checking out is Behind the Mask, the unknown thrillers of Louisa May Alcott. I bought the paperback of gothic uh, potboiler short stories and a novella when I was a teen. It's fun to read the style of fiction that her fictional counterpart Joe is writing for that sensational New York magazine, The Weekly Volcano. Also... (laughs) For your information, according to the article on the AV Club website, the film's opening title card is a red leather-bound book that reads Little Women by L.M. Alcott. In the end, we see that same book. Again, now the author is listed as J.L. March. Yeah, it's the ending of the ending of the film is 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 very much a meta commentary on the on the book rather than a rather than a kind of true true to the. Yeah, a kind of an intellectual game at the end end of the movie, which you know is I don't know. It's it's I'm of two minds about it. One, I think you know I do think that it, that a screenwriter owes their the work they're adapting they 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 owe a kind of allegiance to the to the to the to the book to the book that they're adapting. But at the same but at the same time, I feel like Alcott, you know, being kind of forced to marry off Joe, like it. it <sighs> I mean, if your point is that is that Joe's affections aren't returned, I think that that Laurie in the movie anyway is played by Timothy Chalamet, Timothée Chalamet, that his character is that they do love each other, that they that they have a very deep connection. Like from the get go, when they meet each other at the party, they are peas in a pod, you know. And the scene of of their of their little club in the attic when he is when he is uh, asked to join over Amy's object objections or meg's objections maybe i'm getting names wrong uh meg's objections and just call her the princess <laughs> uh like i just feel like all those sequences that the show is so much you know love and 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 this sort of in this very much you know a real friendship you know just you know, maybe he's not her intellectual equal, but they have a real connection to each other that goes beyond the ability to like read the same books, you know, and, and stuff like that. Like, I don't, I think the idea of like being, being like the person you're married to is, is, is unrealistic and overrated. I think, you know, like, I think, I think the the differences between people are more interesting than, than how they are similar and more interesting to each other as people, you know, that's what makes another person fascinating to you is the way that they're different from you, you know, like... Yeah, I don't know. It's just uh and I, in terms of like the time changes, I feel like that Gerwig was trying to work against some of the the book's weaknesses and in a way it highlights elements of this of the story in a really powerful way and the one way one way I'm thinking now, I mean, I have to rewatch the film again to 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 really get down to this stuff, but the one scene that just absolutely blew me away is the sequence when the the sick sister is recovers. Mm-hmm. And we have we have Joe coming into the kitchen, and I believe it's her, the mother, her sister, and you know some other characters are there, and then and that immediately is is mirrored with her sister dying, and Joe coming into the kitchen, and her mother and someone else is there, but but the sister isn't there now, and 
you know, you get that, you get this real, like, you know, real, like, shot, to the real hit in the heart from that, that scene. And then I don't think it'd be as quite as powerful in a book that you, you had, like, 45 minutes between those two sections, you know, between her getting sick at one time, and then later on, we, we come to the final outcome of that sickness, which is her slow, slow demise. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I just think, that you know, I'm sure if I like spent some time and went back over the movie again, I could draw out some more things like that. But I think where I thought that the the kind of back and forth really helped to to kind of um, even with even with I don't know if it's Meg or not the the you know um, Florence Pugh's character. Uh, I think there's there's quite a few secret sequences there where you get the back and forth of you know her young and then her older, and you get a real sense of change of that character. Uh, it is, you know, and I say people and people were confused by it. I mean, like they they do like an obvious uh, change in the way the film looks between the two t- time periods, mm-hmm. you know. And if you just take like a second to look at how the what it looks, you know, the color, the they do like a different color grading, I guess. One's kind of more warmer, one's colder. But uh, yeah, no, I thought that was a really good movie, really good movie, uh, much better than Birds of Prey. <laughs> Very good. Uh, then we're moving on to speaking of uh, uh, speaking of okay. goofy action, uh, female-led action movies. I just I just uh, binge watched Warrior Nun on Netflix. Oh, I've watched the first three, which is a very silly show, and I, I really quite enjoyed it for for its okay. silliness and over the top. I just watched uh, the German show Dark, which I which they just finished the third third and final season of that, which is a, which is a very heady, very much of a mind effery sort of a, a science fiction show that was done over three years or six years i guess or however long it took between episodes or between seasons but you know and so by the time i got to season three i forgot a lot of characters and stuff and i was like i was just losing my mind trying to watch it and this show is like a perfect like like brain dead thing to like watch and it's fun though it's really fun i have to rewatch the final episode again because i watched it last night when i was really tired and i kept dropping asleep at at i've been going uh, back yeah i've been going back and forth between that and the order and, uh, the Order. Okay, I haven't watched the, haven't watched the Order. Another one I, I think is quite good, though, is one called Ares, which, okay. is, which is a Dutch one that uh, really kind of delves into Dutch history, in a, I, the metaphor of Dutch history, in a really interesting way, and in a way I hadn't really thought about before I watched, I watched it. And it's quite good. It's, it has, it, once again, it's got a kind of a bit of a, a supernatural element to it that's kind of, uh, you know, kind of mind-blowing. I kind of like those shows where it's weird and you don't know what's going on and stuff like like dark or the oa one of my favorite shows on netflix they canceled it but um yeah i just really enjoy that kind of stuff where you're just like what is reality yeah what is reality let's talk about yeah. this nothing's canceled forever don't worry about it. it'll come back <laughs> at some point. my thing with uh with warrior nun so far and again i think i'm i don't know if i'm three or four i'm either i'm either three or four episodes yeah, deep. yeah. Uh, i'm watching it and just going like uh and again i'm really happy that you're enjoying it and i'm really <laughs> like glad that you liked it Really glad that you liked it. And everyone who liked it is <laughs> I, great. Any criticism you have of it, I'm sure I'll agree with because, you know, it's not a perfect show. Okay. But I guess get so. on with it. Get the hell on. Oh, with yeah, it. yeah. Like, I agree like, with you. Like, yeah. look, man, like, there was a show that came out called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> and and it got on with it. Yeah. And it's like, it was, again, it's a chosen girl. She was that didn't, didn't want to be chosen. She was chosen. She was living her life. Uh, there's a there's a an ancient order. Uh, oh, but she's the rebel. She's the one who's who's, who's uh, she's smart talking, and she's she didn't fit in here. And uh, there you go. But but there they would actually tell a full story each episode, as yeah. well as moving the plot along. Yeah. And this one, it's it's all plot. It's all plot. Yeah. And there's no side things, and I don't know. 
Well, there's side there's side things, but it's wheels within wheels. It, it, the more it keep on going, and it kind of it kind of opens up a bit more. So. Hey, like I, I want to know a bit more about her. Like mm-hmm. like I like I get that she's happy. She can all right. Let's walk. That's good. <laughs> she can walk, and now she can walk. Great. Yeah. I like seeing that. Like seeing her running on the beach. Excellent. Yeah. I'm all for that. But I want to know like what does she like? What what's anything? Yeah. What do those characters that she's hanging around with? Yeah. Those 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 other young people. Yeah. What's their deal? Like three of them have the same personality so far and have no difference in their personality, yeah. except they look cool. Like, okay. And then you've basically got Giles as, you know, the head priest doing Giles stuff. Mm-hmm. And like he's Gilesing around. And I'm like, sure. okay. And then we're like, I'm just waiting for a twist. I'm waiting for, like, uh, it's one of these chosen one stories again. Okay. What's different this time around? And I haven't gotten the what's different yet, except yeah. uh, I don't think it. I don't think you'll find much difference. But I, I enjoyed okay. it. I, I also enjoy the fact that it's like filmed in Spain, and so you yeah, get to mi- mix the Spanish and and uh, and I like when I like you know there's a lot of, I like reading shows sometimes. So you know it's fun to part of it's Italian, part of it's Spanish, part of it's English. I enjoy how big their grapes are when they order grapes. Oh. They see the grapes and you're like, those are big grapes. <laughs> Those are Spanish grapes. Good for them. That's a big. That's a big grape, right? Yeah. And there you are. Anyway. But it's like again, I'm also watching the order, so I'm also watching another like secret society. We've been around forever. Yeah. And I just want to see like, okay, is there any twist on this that you can do? And it's like, nope. It's just. But you know, here was the thing about. I'll just say this real quick. Watching the order. Yeah. Uh, after watching Sabrina. <laughs> the order looks great. The order deals with a lot of the same business, yeah. but like they're smart. Whereas Sabrina and her friends are the dumbest people in existence. And so, but the only, but the, but they still all are just listening to music that sounds like you know it was chosen by like a guy in his forties yeah. in both situations. Oh, I hate where that. I'm like, why is this music? Why is this? Uh, yeah, I was watching uh, something the other day, and there was two characters are driving. In a car, and it was supposed to be like, it's supposed to be like the seventies, and <laughs> and they're listening to they're listening to the Stooges, and I was like, this is so stupid because you never would have heard this on the radio at that time period, like they just were not a popular group, you know, the record did not sell, like that that's why they only made two records as the original Stooges because no one bought those records and no one at the time cared about them, and and you know and I, it's just some cool music chooser the guy selecting the music for the for the the movie or show or whatever it was i was watching who chose this and they just chose it so they look cool they really should be listening to oh what a night or uh you know whatever like leo Serre or something you know like the something that's of the time period that was actually on the radio you know and if if it's too expensive then choose a song that wasn't like a ginormous hit but at least it was on the radio you know like you beat me to the punch charity brown or chastity brown or whatever her name was or or i don't know you know um what's the thing that song called they called him you're asking the wrong guy wildfire that's that song okay. wildfire was it was called michael murphy yeah like something like that that's the music people listen to then because no one was listening to the stooges except for three two or three people and lester bangs that was it that was those are the guys listening to stooges and the idea of like going back in time and pretending that people actually in their car would be driving along and and something by the Stooges would be playing on the radio is ridiculous and just seems so dumb to me. It's like in The Nice Guys, a movie I love, but in the girl's bedroom, she's like a grade six girl in 1978 or 79, she has a Sex Pistols poster on her wall. 
no, no, <laughs> no, Leaf Garrett. I can deal. I can deal. Leaf Garrett. That's who should be on her wall. Or or David Cassidy or someone like that. Sean Sean. Um, is it Sean Cassidy? Yeah. Yeah, that one of the Hardy Boys. One of those people like that. That's who would have been on a girl's wall in 1979 in the grade six girl. That's something from Tiger Beat magazine. Not the Sex Pistols. I know that seems cool, but it's so weird to see in someone's wall. And it just, it just takes me out of the movie. I'm just like, oh, it's dumb. Boo. All right. You have been booed. <laughs> uh, and now a movie that doesn't have any popular music in it. Uh, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> dun, or dun, dun, if you read the poster uh, in order, Star: The Rise of Skywalker Wars. Yeah. Um, and there you are, uh, Louise. Hey, Louise. Uh, writes. Uh, I wonder if Poe seemed to dislike droids because he knew uh, he knew what one did to Oscar Isaac's character in Ex Machina. Huh? There you are. <laughs> And now Oscar Isaac is going to be starring in a movie based on the comic Ex Machina, which has nothing to do with the movie Ex Machina. And I think the whole thing just sounds Ex Machina, but that's just me. <laughs> um, back to Louise's that's letter and, and, and away from my uh, smart mouth. And, uh, also, <laughs> I was uh, sorry to see General Hux get <laughs> blasted away uh, when it could have been suspenseful, suspenseful to watch him during the final battle scenes to see if he'd help from the resistance from inside, attempt a power grab, oh. or desert the sinking ship like a rat. I like yeah. it, I like how you thought that they that they actually thought this movie through while they were writing it. But that would involve planning and having to like create motive and character and then place him into a situation where you'd have to like think about how to have him scheme and then also have like shots of like the battle happening and stuff like that but all those things would involve planning and thoughtfulness and none of those are on display in this movie again i love uh i love that like we're all waiting to solve the mystery of who the spy is and he just gets so bored by the whole thing that he just goes (laughs) i'm the spy right i'm the spy can we get on with this oh forget it just shoot me shoot me shoot me who dare you to shot there you go i'm done i'm out I got other movies to do. And then he just, it's like smoldering chest wound. And then he like gets up like, all right, I'm done. I'm done for the day. I'm out. This is, I'm done. Bye. And he just walks off to, and to walks into another movie. Um, yeah, he's my one, main, he seems to be one ahead. of those actors that are like the taste of the time. Hey, like they're in everything that you see. Like, oh, Domino Gleason in another movie. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you need a, a redheaded, uh, semi-attractive guy that's not totally attractive, but makes us feel comfortable with ourselves. He's even in, dread is he yeah he's the computer guy who uh there you go good for him uh he'll uh he's the kind of guy who will later uh be in some tv show that's really good son of son of brendan gleason is he yeah oh good for him (laughs) Um, i surprised you twice yeah it's continuing uh louise's letter my main beef Mm. along with the Oh, this is interesting because there used to be a, a segment called uh, "What's Your Beef" on uh, Street Sense, and Louise used to write for it. Oh, is this a callback to Come on, to, to Come on Louise's Louise. Gemini Award-winning <laughs> run on the TV show Street Sense, which Vice Magazine called the best Canadian kids show of all time? Is this possible that that's what she's referring to? Maybe <laughs> not. Maybe she's just a Jay Leno fan. Yeah, uh, from the 1980s, where he would go on Letterman and say, uh, talk about his beef. Anyway, let's back, get back to Louise's beef. Yeah. Louise says, my main beef, oh, I bet it is street sense. Anyway, my main beef, along with the ones you discussed, was that Palpatine's plan to spirit surf his way back into the <laughs> ruling uh, the galaxy yeah. pretty much relied on Ray 
getting to his uh, secret Sith hideout uh, without being killed along the way, mm-hmm. which is uh, why he told Kylo to kill her? Huh? <laughs> In search of answers to this contradiction, uh, she went to the Hollywood Reporter, and there's a whole uh, explanation of everything. And uh, basically, and then I respond to this, you know, so Palpatine learned everything is ma- this is something from the Hollywood Reporter article. Palpatine learned everything his master knew, including this technique to cheat death, and then killed him in his sleep. Mm. Okay, well that's a that's a flawed uh, technique. <laughs> yes, it should be. If you have that technique, you should be able to sleep with one eye open. Yeah, I can only die when I'm vulnerable. Oh, okay. How often are you vulnerable? About eight to ten hours a night. So I appreciate it if you don't try killing me then. Okay, fine. And that was the only letter we got on uh, Star uh, The Rise of Skywalker Wars. Do you have anything more to say about that movie? There you go. It's, uh, It's a film. It goes on. You don't have to count it. As part of, <laughs> you, you don't. Unfortunately, you do, because there do it is. You? There it is. Well, no, it's at the there end, so you don't. It's at the end, so you don't. <clears throat> Nothing's going to follow it, so don't worry about it. It's fine. It's done. It's all right. It's cool. When Ryan Johnson made uh, the Last Jedi, I'm out. Sorry, go ahead. And when <laughs> and when J.J. Abrams made The Force Awakens, uh-huh. they wrote the script and made the movie with very little in- in- interference from the producers of the movies. They just gave them carte blanche to do what they wanted to do. Okay. And just let them make movies. I think The Force Awakens is a good movie. I think it's pretty good. You know, I think maybe there's a little too much leaning on the original the original trilogy for some of its concepts and things like that. But I think there are parts of it that are very effective and very well done. Um, I'm a big fan of The Last Jedi. I know that this is not very popular in some parts of the internet, but that's okay. I, I don't... I don't like those people in those parts of the internet. Uh, so I think that, and I, I, you know, and I, and I think both those films, you know, turned out quite, quite good. I, you know, I prefer the, I prefer the last Jedi. I, I think it's a, you know, well-made movie. I think it's very, it has some moments in there that is beautiful, like great cathartic moments in that film that really kind of pay off the Luke Skywalker character and just kind of really, and then set up in a, in a, in a kind of a, in kind of a Empire Strikes Back kind of a way, sets up for the next film. Like, leaves some things hanging, gives some like leads to the next movie, and you're like, the next director can take those ideas and really go with those and have some have some interesting things to talk about in this next in this next film. And then I feel like J.J. Abrams was brought back in in a attempt to circle the wagons. It was a panic move by the producers of the, of the film, and I'm not thinking Kathleen Kennedy. I think that she was over, over, um, ro- you know, overrode on this. Like they just ignored her wishes on, on this, and and they, you know, and they tried to create this film that that uh, you know, kind of sucked up to both, attempted to suck up to both sides of the of the the Last Jedi equation. Those who hated it and those who loved it, and you know, for those who loved it, really the movie let them down because it just spent almost all of its running time canceling elements of the, of the second film in the series. And, and then it put in its place, this pure nonsense that didn't work as a movie, you know, and then, and you could really, it really feels like the producers made the film rather than a director and writers, you know, it's just full of safe ideas and, you know, hokey uh, recycled concepts. It's a real, I don't know what to, 
I don't know. It is part of the series, though. I mean, it, that's, that's how mm-hmm. it is. That's what they wanted. They, yeah, it doesn't matter. They got what they wanted, right? Doesn't matter. Here's the. Here's the. Here's the. I'm gonna lay some truth on you, man. Lay some truth. Ready on for you. some truth on sure, you, man? Sure, sure. Let me lay. Let me lay this truth on you, bro. Okay, it better be true. It's gonna be true. It's the truest truth that's ever truth. Okay. So you you had your solo movie come out, and yeah. it was like, hey man, this is part of the Star Wars. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, here comes the big ender for this film. Oh boy, here comes Rise of Skywalker. Yep. And while all this is going on, off to the side, it's a little film, not a film, little uh, TV show called The Mandalorian. And yeah, this little yeah. TV show called The Mandalorian gets released on a streaming platform that a lot of people get. Yeah. A lot of people get, and a lot of people get it. For the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. and no one ex- no one knows what this Mandalorian thing is going to be. Yep. Is it going to be about Boba Fett? I don't know. <laughs> Low expectations. I've had my my expectations lowered by a lot of Star Wars recently. Yep. Let's see what it is, and then you watch it and just go, "Oh, this is Star Wars," because it's because it it takes you know where Star Wars borrowed from like old serials and westerns and ripped off you know, uh, uh, Kurosawa movies. And it's like, <laughs> they didn't this rip one, them off, but okay. Well, you know, borrowed people say uh, that, you, know, you have you seen the hidden fortress? Whatever. Cause when it's you, like, when you watch it, you go, I heard that too. And then I watched the hidden fortress. Like, I don't see, okay. I don't but see they, any of this. In they did some genuine, generous lifting. Yeah. Um, uh, on, on those movies. Sure. And so in this one, they do some generous lifting from spaghetti westerns yep. and also from Star Wars. Sure. You know, and so they go like, what do you like about Star Wars? Well, we like this, this, and this. Very good. Well, we're not going to get into a lot of continuity and any of that nonsense. Yeah. Who cares about that? <laughs> this this does not affect anything else in the in the universe at all. It has no relevance at all. It's just a story of a guy who is protecting a child in the Star Wars universe. And so this uh, series is is done, and it is more Star Wars than any Star Wars we've had in at least a decade. Like, it's right, because it's not bogged down in all the continuity and nonsense. It's just telling a story, which is what Star Wars really should be. It shouldn't be uh, buttoning up a story that was, like, set up. It shouldn't be setting up another story that's going to be buttoned later. It just take it as its own thing, enjoy it, watch it. And uh, have some great characters and some really good action and some heart. And uh, there you go. And maybe there's a little bit, you know, some nice nods to things you've seen before. Oh, that's some nice fan service. But there you go. And it was it was the Star Warsiest thing that they've had. So this movie to me is irrelevant because the real Star Wars was the Mandalorian. That's the one that when people go like, hmm, they're thinking of uh, little baby Yoda. And they're thinking of the action scenes from the Mandalorian. You know, when you think of like, think of a really great action scene from uh, Rise of Skywalker. Oh, that's going to take me a while. Um, how about from the Mandalorian? Oh, yeah, yeah. When him and the robot are fighting off the top. Yeah, that's pretty good. How about the thing with the kind of R2-D2 thing and the, the lava? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good. Yeah. You think of like all the all the jetpackers are like fighting. the. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's also a really good scene. Like you just keep thinking. And it's the funniest uh, Stormtrooper scenes you've seen. Like it's just it's just great. Mm-hmm. That's Star Wars. Yeah. So this stuff, meh, 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 meh. It's fine. Make your <laughs> movies if you want. This is something that just came directly into people's homes, sure. and it was like much more intimate and had much more impact. And to me, that's your Star Wars. You're fine. Eh. The rest, the rest is eh. It's 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 old timey. Uh, it's over there. It's fine. Whatever. Enjoy it if you want it, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Yeah, and I don't want we'll to see again, how it goes because now now it's a hit. Guess who's going to be knocking on the door? Producers. 
Yeah, and if you want people to, people want their say now. They want to have a they want to have a part of this. Just enjoy it for it, and don't you don't need to to take that into consideration. It's fine. You know, it doesn't matter. What just does watch it, this. What does it matter? Sorry. It does this if they do like a second season, which they will. Oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. You're just, this season you're still ignore. is as good as 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 it, as it was. Yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're right. You're right. Uh, you know, uh, it doesn't matter. But you'd like, like it, you'd like it to continue to be good. You don't just want it to stop. But yes, you are. I like good things. Right. I'll enjoy watching hopefully, a good thing. Hopefully, the talented people that helped uh, with this show and Favreau seems to generally know what he's doing. Generally, <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of a Lion King. Or something like that, but you know, I guess, I guess that's mm-hmm. as good a live-action Lion King as you're gonna get. Yeah, you know, so far with Iron Man and Mandalorian, he was able to make two things work that should not work. Yeah, yeah, and and to the point where it revitalized—I uh, hate to say the franchise—but it revitalized interest in that whole damn thing. Mm. So. You know, maybe, maybe he'll do fine. And if not, I did good enough already. It's fine. Just but enjoy it. For I, it is. I just want to point out that both of those films that he made were films that were made in the dark or both of those things that he made, like Mandalorian made in the dark. Like no one cared about that. No one was paying attention. I very, very much little doubt, pressure. Uh, no, I very much doubt that. I think like if you're launching the Disney streaming service. And this is this is a big thing. You're going up against Netflix, mm. and this is the big launching point. I very much doubt that it was like, "Hey, do what you want." You know, we're fine. Billions of dollars uh, on the line. I would, I would be, I would not be surprised. I think that they, I think they have more confidence in their back catalog than than that. You know, I don't think they. I don't think they feel like, well, if we start this this streaming service, no one's going to want to see the Little Mermaid. Ugh, <laughs> no one wants to see, uh, you know, the the Pixar no, movies. Think, and no, we have, I think you, we have all these we, Marvel movies that made all this money, but I guess yeah. people will be really interested in this little show. About it. But you've already seen the, Mar- look, the Marvel movies were all on Netflix already. So it's not like there's anything there that you're like, finally, I get to see Captain America winter soldier. It's like, <laughs> look, you can see that anytime, anywhere. Yeah. That's no, that's not worth getting a streaming service for. Yeah. What you need is, and, and you're right. Like the little mermaid is fine. If you're a parent, you're right. But that's like almost like getting the Nickelodeon channel or something. It's like, sure. yeah, I'll get all the Disney cartoons. But are you an adult? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm an adult. Okay, well, what's the what's in it for you? Do you want to see Gus the field goal kicking mule? Because uh, we do have that. <laughs> and the shaggy DA, if you want to see that, mm, not really. Okay, well, you know, um, how about a new Star Wars thing? What? Uh, go on. <laughs> yeah, we've got a new Star Wars. Sure. It's like, is that for adults or is it like a Clone Wars type? type thing no it's new star wars oh who's directing it john favreau mm, okay and there's a little taika watiti he's doing a bunch of stuff uh, with it too oh yeah i want to see that is that worth getting a channel i guess yeah well it's worth trying it out sure and i can't think of anything else they had that was like pushing it that hard except of course for the simpsons and the idea that you get every episode of the simpsons that's pretty that's pretty big but uh, but yeah, it was like the new thing that they had. Yeah. No, so, I mean yeah. I'm just going by by the idea that from what I read that that you know Ryan Johnson made the Last Jedi, which I would say is was in a way bigger than the than the Mandalorian, uh, with very little interference. Um, yeah. I just think. Uh, yeah, I'm just curious. I'm curious to see what'll happen next. That's all. That's all I'll say. I really enjoyed the Mandalorian yeah. too. So. Me as yes, it was pretty good. yes. It was no Star yeah. Wars, but it was good. So, uh, how many people signed up for Disney Plus? 
uh, by the end of 2019, uh, 26.5 million people. Hmm. Pretty good, I guess. I, th- I think that does sound pretty good. I think is, that sounds is that, quite Is that just good. in the States or is that worldwide? That is a very good question to be asking. <laughs> it had 10 million signs, signups with its uh, first yeah. day of launch. Yeah. Uh, so this is like, and you got to go with like, this is people paying $8 a month. Mm-hmm. So that's that's just money keeping coming in, and people don't shut that thing down. Let's see uh, how many people. Uh, Twenty six. Uh, okay, it's now up to it's now up to thirty million. Um, but I don't know if sure if that's worldwide or not. So ten percent so of the population of the United States, or a little under ten percent of the population, of the United States. That's it's pretty good. Yeah, that's good. So it's thirty. Yeah. So so it's thirty million. So thirty uh, thirty million uh, times uh, you know uh, eight. So, uh, you know, anyone, anyone could do three times eight. So that's uh, 240, $240 million a month they're making off that. Is that correct? Am I getting that right? Sure. Yeah. So they're making $240 million mm-hmm. a month in subscription fees uh, from, from that. And probably it's still going up. So uh, that's more money than, uh, you know, Rise of Skywalker could make. So this <laughs> is the more important thing for them. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe they did uh, go hands off. You know, uh, you've did you say that's them. more money than than Rise of Skywalker could make? I think so. Yeah. Oh, a month? You mean? Yeah. It, well, they're making that a month. Yes, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Two hundred forty million dollars a month. Sure. Um, so you know, whatever you may, that is in a year, no one could do that math. It's too big. <laughs> it's not really important anyway. I'm just, I'm just saying. I think with them shutting the parks down for COVID, uh, they can use that money. It's nice that they got a little walking around money, a little change in the pocket. Probably uh, helped soften the blow sure. a bit right now, while uh, Pirates of the Caribbean is uh, Pirates of the Caribbean has gone dark. Huh. And you know they got to rebuild the sound, Song of the South ride, got to re- rebuild Splash Mountain, got to make it Princess and the uh, and the Frog, got to put a bunch of frogs in there. It's funny, I don't I don't subscribe to Disney Plus. Oh, you don't? No, okay. no. I subscribe. I, I hardly subscribe. I know you do. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, normally, I do, I do get it, but I don't subscribe to it. Wink. Oh, well, you just made a mouse cry. <laughs> Good. A rich mouse. I was cry. Say, he, he can, he can jingle someone else's change in his pockets. So, um, yeah, this has been two and a half hours of uh, yip yap. Oh, uh, I think, I think this is. Uh, let's this call is, it. Let's call it. A, let's call it a night. Yeah, we, we may revisit uh, letters again in the future. Maybe do some uh, other. Uh, past for sure. uh, letters. You know what I'm going to say uh, right you now? Got... Ian, you know what I'm going to say that? right now? I'm going to say for sure we will do that. All right, for sure. For sure, for sure. Uh, and I know you're wrapping this up, but I'm also going to just throw a plug in right now for our other podcast, which is Sneaky Dragon, which coincidentally is also having like, uh, we're looking for letters on that one as well uh, for our big 450th episode. So that is check true. out, you know, check out, uh, check out that. And if you send us a letter uh, asking us a question for that one, you could win valuable prizes mm-hmm. so uh mm-hmm. yeah we're looking for letters there and we're looking for letters here uh we love we love letters yeah you could also win even if you just send in a question and don't win you will still get sent a little uh sticker not a little sticker it's it's a bumper sticker size sticker of sneaky dragon saying there you go it's uh, i don't know if i should tell should i say what it is that the but the if you want yeah go for it it's a it's i it's a takeoff of an old title card that i did which was a takeoff of robert crumb's keep on trucking so it's a picture of Sneaky Dragon with giant shoes on saying, keep on sneaking. So um, you can put that in your car and mystify everyone who drives behind you. 
And if you don't have a car, stick it on someone else's car, and they'll be even more mystified. <laughs> what did this come What's from? this mean? Is this a gang thing? Am I, uh, do I have to move out of this neighborhood? <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. Beat it. Yeah, you could, or you can stick it on a book. You can stick it on your backpack. You can stick it where the... Anyway. So, everyone, please, if you uh, aren't a listener, regular lis- listener to Sneaky Dragon, send us a question anyway. You can ask us movie questions if you want, because we will answer... Any question you ask us for episode 450. And that is coming up very soon. So get those questions in. And to do that, you can contact us in the following ways. If you want to, con- if you want to comment on this episode of the Fansplainers, you'll find a posting of, or a posted, uh, well, I don't know how he say that. You'll find it on the website. It'll be there. And uh, you'll find a comment section underneath it, and you're welcome to leave comments there. You can talk to us on Twitter. We're at sneaky underscore dragon. That is our flagship podcast, of course. So that is the Twitter handle. And we're on Facebook at Sneaky Dragon. And you can email us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. And so keep those comments and emails coming into us so we can read them on the show here and uh spark some conversation this has been a lot of fun reacting to your reaction to our comments on these movies <laughs> and uh, it's getting very meta i think next time yeah, what we're react going to do to our reactions if you want. yeah we'll make a, make a video about <laughs> we can if you want you can write in and react to our reactions to your reaction to our reaction to that movie and then we will continue to react to your reactions to our reactions to the, the original reactions to the movie and that it'll just go on forever and it'll be a lot of fun and eventually it'll all stop that's and uh, and how will people vote on our next movie, Dave? And so, yeah, um, we don't really have a ton of suggestions for our next films, everyone. So if you want, please send in some suggestions to us. I guess I could recycle some that we've had, but I do feel kind of bad just bringing out the same old, same old. So send in some suggestions. You never we know. Also, Your yeah, suggestion could be our next Emoji movie. We were discussing a little bit before this, just back and forth a bit about uh, bummer uh, childhood movies. <laughs> yeah, that's right. As, that's as, right. As, a loose suge- as a loose suggestion, like kind of a never-ending story, return to Oz, uh, you know, kind of thing. Like one of those, there's, there's quite a few bummerish uh, movies that we were talking a little bit about that. So just throwing that into the, into the pile, but you know, you decide. We don't want it. We're, we're tired. We're so tired. <laughs> we're, tired. we're tired. We're waiting. Oh, you know what, though? What's that, Dave? Uh, in Fansplainer News, I actually went to see a movie in a movie theater on Saturday night. So there you go. What? Yes. I dared. I dared to go. And I have to say, I went to a smaller theater. Yeah, we didn't go to one of the big mega theaters, so I don't. I can't speak to the, the procedures there, but I thought that they were very good at this theater. Basically, they're a small family-run theater in out here in the Fraser Valley in a rural area. So so they um don't have the moolah to put together like a big fancy website. So what they did though was on the website you could reserve your reserve your tickets and pay for them when you got to the theater. And then when you got to the theater you got to choose your seats. And so they had seats set up in various parts of the theater with lots of space in between. And so you felt quite safe and quite far away from everyone else in the theater. So that was good. And then um yeah the bathrooms were set up so that the urinals there was a there was a, spa- a urinal that was closed in between the other urinals there was a sink that they had filled with a little rock garden so that broke up the line of sink so that there was space between you and the other person in the bathroom mm-hmm. so i thought that they did a good job of of you know establishing distance and stuff like that so you know as much as we can expect these days and uh yeah so wear your mask and wash your hands but uh enjoy a movie 
And, you know, and I'm really want to support places like this. You know, I, I love going to movies and I love, I particularly love having second run movie theaters where you can go see movies that you're so, so on for cheaper so that you can go see in the theater. I always, I always love that. And we went to see, uh, Lisa hadn't seen Emma yet. So, so Mary and I, of course, we went to see it for a, a premiere because Mary had won tickets to a, to a sneak pre sneak preview of it. So she and I went to see it. And then Eve and I watched it together. We, we did a on, uh, on demand, you know, just to, uh, rented it at home and then uh, so third time third time's a charm we went and saw it in the in the movie theater in Chilliwack so that was it was a lot of fun though that's cool so, okay something, something I've been missing I'm missing a lot so I was really happy to do that I'm I'm looking forward to them actually having new movies come out so well I, I do a live show uh, traditionally I do a live show in a theater that's also a movie theater mm-hmm. and we're not doing our live show in July we decided to give it another month yeah uh to see how things are going yeah yeah, but uh hopefully hopefully by next month uh we'll be doing our live shows there again with yeah the restrictions in place Mm -hmm. and also be able to see movies there that would be very very nice which is the rio theater in vancouver yeah fingers fingers crossed uh no uh no one does anything dumb hey dummies (laughs) uh don't all right any of you dummies that are out there going like uh hugs not masks and like gathering (laughs) and being uh doofuses Hey, one dumb guy in New Zealand that decided to break quarantine and went to a supermarket. Hey, dumb, dumb. Stop being a dumb, dumb. We want to keep people healthy and go see movies. So uh, our request to you, stay healthy. Don't be a dumb, dumb. (laughs) Fair enough. And uh, we will see you uh, uh, talking about movies in the future. Yes, because talking about movies is something that dumb, dumbs don't do. Yeah, dumb, dumbs don't. Dumb, dumbs don't talk movies. All right. Well, everyone... Have a pleasant two weeks, and we will see you soon with a new movie. To, well, I guess an old new movie to talk. A new old movie. <laughs> I'm not too sure how to say that. Anyway, anyway, we'll be older. We'll be older, and we'll be two weeks older, <laughs> but not, but not wiser. All nope. right, bye. Bye. Charles H. McCormick. Gentlemen, question mark. Do you want that uh, in the letter? No, put that in an envelope.